Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and am joined, as always, by a one... Trace Finicaro. And... Alexander Aspirational Sander. That is a one, Gunnar Kennedy. Couple of weeks off there, gents. Welcome back. We had, a, we had episodes all, all weekends. Why are you going to break the illusion, man? Because cause that's what I do. I am the world ender. I'm the eater of dreams. <clears throat> um, so we're going to start off with a little bit of gaming news. Uh, a recent article stated that the Nintendo Switch was the fastest growing, uh, excuse me, fastest selling uh, console of this generation. Um, and although its numbers were still, let's see, uh, PlayStation had, has sold four times as many Switches and Xbox One has sold two times as many Switches. Um, it's the growth that they were looking at from, I believe, late 2017 to now, essentially. Um, pretty crazy and pretty impressive that they've, I mean, you would say, oh God, they got it sold by two times. The Switch is still selling. It's still a pretty hot item. Um, it's not like it's, it's stagnated at this point, but I think it's pretty impressive that they came in so late in the game. The Switch was the latest by far, and they've just, you know, I mean, they're they've outpaced well, PlayStation and uh, and Microsoft. It's 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 hot shit now, but like that's all fun until Microsoft and Sony come out with handheld Xbox Ones and PlayStation Fours. Because Nintendo took so long to get a new console out that Intel, Intel and AMD managed to shri- die shrink all their hardware so they can make it portable now. Is that something that's on the horizon that you're aware of? No. Um, PlayStation, you know, so- Sony and Microsoft have some weird ideas on what consoles are going to be coming up in the next gen anyways. But it's just one of these, like, Nintendo, Nintendo just... Nintendo has always kind of just gone their own way, despite their best, in, you know, despite what the best interest, and they kind of just have bludgeoned their way through force of will. And it's going to be interesting to see if it if it happens again, just because they kind of went in all all in on this like combined portable handheld console thing. And I actually I'm not sure. I I don't think that there's a planned update for the 3D. I don't think there's another 3DS going to come out. Oh well, I mean, it kind of. Yeah, they kind of eliminated the need for a handheld. Right, because I mean, that's essential what the Switch is, right? I mean, Trace, you own a Switch. Like, talk a little bit about the features of it, kind of its, well, its utility. The first thing I, that I noticed with it, because I wanted to understand how it docked to the television. The first thing that I noticed with it, and this really struck me as as interesting, because if you the the Switch has been out for for a while now. Um, I believe it was released in late 2016 or early 2017. I believe it came out before, before last Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, but the the uh, the dock that you use to plug it into the television is really just a USB C port. So anybody that has a modern Android phone, a modern uh, MacBook, um, or um, what else uses that plug? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, the 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 uh, the iPad Pro uses it as well. Yeah. It's really the 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 modern day charging port, but it does more than charge. Oh, well, so you, you you can do Thunderbolt. 
it's, it's effectively a thunderbolt depending on the controller but it's a thunderbolt port so you can do a display out that kind of stuff too. exactly and i mean even right now as we're as, as we're recording off of a mac the adapters that i have plugged into the mac for our microphones our microphones have the old style usb plug and the adapters that we have are usb c and from that you can have almost an unlimited amount of ports including sd card reader uh, HDMI. So I, the, what the switch really is, is it's kind of like you're using the USB-C port on your uh, cell phone for everything. Um, you can use it to send it to a display. Now, if you look at the dock that comes with it, it's very obvious that the dock is just a little tiny, uh, like a dongle that you'd get for your Mac, which just has a couple of ports on it. It is really just a USB-C cradle. That's all it is. There's nothing inside the dock at all. It just offers you your, US, your three USB ports, your um, additional, um, or the, USB, the USB-C, which it uses for its power in, because you can do pass-through charging on these, on these adapters, which is very cool. The same port you use for peripherals can charge the device, just like we're doing right now with the Mac. I have my, instead of tying up one of my ports, I have the AC adapter plugged directly into the uh, the dongle, so it's charging the Mac while it's supplying uh, extra plugs. Hmm. That's what I found so interesting about it is it's all through one single USB USB C port on the bottom of the switch, and once you dock it in, you get your your video. Um, and I mean that's pretty much it, right? It goes through HDMI to your TV. There's no other plugs. I was a previously I was a switch owner and the switch had the you could either get the um, uh, the you could get the component cables or the I think it's called composite cable the components was the RGB remember those yeah. three RCA plugs you had yeah, to put yeah, in the back of the, the TV and white. <clears throat> which was confusing because there was a yeah it was it was red green and blue okay red, okay, yep, yeah. red green and blue and then the yellow red and white are the, the yellow is the video yeah in, in that case but of course it's confusing because you have you have red green blue white red right for because for of white, audio. Red and audio so you actually had two red cables which was very confusing <laughs> to the consumer um those are gone which i'm very happy about because i don't like i, I have a projector it doesn't have the red green blue in the back of the projector but those consoles were sold a lot like that. But yeah, this just has HDMI. That's all it has coming out of the um, out of the dock. But what's cool is is that if let's say you don't want to carry the dock around with you, you can use one of these dongles that works fine on a laptop to get yourself HDMI. You can just plug it into the switch. Now there's some that are claimed to be compatible with it. I haven't tested the ones that we have because I have two of them. Two um, two that were certified for Apple. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some firmware thing that specifically blocks it because, you know, we just did. I don't actually know. I mean, like, are you familiar with, like, how Nintendo actually made that console? I actually don't know the history behind no, it. No, I don't even know the hardware it's made out of. I assume it's something ARM-powered, but I really don't know. Um, so, uh, do you remember the NVIDIA Shield? Yes. Okay. So, uh, NVIDIA came out with a successor platform to that called Tegra. Can you explain what the shield is? Because although Wade knows what it is, I don't know if All our right. listeners so, do. So um, Nvidia, Nvidia, um, in like one of these weird, um, and stop me if this sounds familiar to a use case that you have right now. Um, back in the like the twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen, yeah, probably twenty fourteen, probably twenty fourteen. Okay, yeah. so there was this big 
what they were trying to push as the new hotness was a handheld device that was effectively an Android media consumption platform. But it would also let you stream your PC games directly to this handheld controller that had a built-in screen so that you could game anywhere in your house off your, your massive honking PC. And there was some weird hug, um, hooks that they put into it. But yeah, it, it, NVIDIA has been for the longest time trying to make these um, system-on-chip integrated ones that use their graphics cores and stuff like that. But um, the Switch is actually a, a toss-off piece of hardware from a board that they make for like uh, like self-driving cars and stuff like that. Okay. So, but it effectively, effectively, it's is, a, it, it's is a, it Nvidia or is it modeled after that? No, it's an Nvidia. It's actually a Tegra. It's a tech, so it has four ARM cores. Okay. And like a two hundred and fifty-six CUDA core GPU. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because one thing that I was very impressed with, of course, that so one Nintendo timed this very, very wisely for this Christmas. What they did is, like, I think 10 days before Christmas, they released Super Smash Brothers. And Super Smash Brothers is one of the, the actual fighting games and that's been they, successful on the Nintendo platform. they killed all the main characters and replaced them. They have them substituted with new rock. Actually, they have some cool characters. Yes, they do. It, and you can play is, as Pac-Man. Well, there's a ton of them. Cool. There's like a, a shit ton of characters. No, it, it, is, it, is, it, is, um, it is all of them, Wade. It is, it is yeah. all of them. Yeah. I haven't unlocked all of them, but I'm pretty close. And uh, yeah, there's there's some pretty interesting characters. Uh, there's two that I thought were, were were very interesting. One of them is the Wii Fit trainer. Yeah, I saw that. And she's the girl that does like the yoga poses and stuff when you're using but the old Wii Fit with her, platform. With, with her for, unstoppable T-pose. Yeah, for them to turn her into a fighting character I thought was hilarious. And it's the only one that my wife wants to use, <laughs> which is funny. She, she got that... She got that uh, balance board uh tech going on you know the, which is an interesting oh, kind of thing side note like because i've never known jenny to ever play smash but the mm-hmm. fact that like a character could kind of pull her into a competitive fighting game is yeah this girl does this special ingenious. pose this special like yoga pose and just kills somebody with it for some reason my wife thinks that is like awesome so she's like oh i love this character and she won like one game with the character so it's like you know it's like clapping your hands twice before you get a strike in bowling you're going to do it for the rest of your life she's she's hooked on this on this uh uh we fit trainer but the other one that i that i think is really right. cool and this is where my son likes it um my son's big into like skins and stuff like that for games he wants to reskin his who's, characters who's, who's your son maining what's that who's your son maining Who's he main? Who's Carmine main? Who? Yeah, what's his, his main, main character, character he plays as? Oh, um, normally he plays as the uh, the super cheap uh, Meta Knight. Oh, okay. Meta, Knight. Meta Knight's a good Meta Knight's a good one. He is he is uh, he's powerful and he can float forever. So I mean, Kirby, with a game Kirby where you is the correct answer, but with a game well Kirby's yeah. not as strong. So with a game where the objective is to not get knocked off the stage, to have somebody who is both strong and can like can fly can like jump like eight times in a row it's pretty cheap and i believe they actually had to tone meta knight down because in uh in the uh wii version he was so cheap that he wasn't even fair to play against you know and again this goes back into fighting games like we say that characters are cheap but it's also like 
What I mean is that the programmers oh, had no, imbalanced, no, no, no. Well, imbalanced powers. I, I'm not. I, I'm not even. So, um, again, you missed out. You missed out on the the Canal Street hijinks when we used to have uh, extreme elimination Soul Calibur tournament. That's not true. We played Soul Calibur at Kins. Do you play Soul Calibur? At Kins? Yeah, absolutely. On like the big screen with like the podium things. Trace and I were definitely there. Okay. Is that Dreamcast? Yeah. Yeah, I played okay. Soul Calibur. Okay. I don't know if you remember when King got to the point where he was Isn't fucking that a drunken guy. Well, or am I confusing my games? No, I'm thinking Tekken. I'm thinking Tekken. You're thinking, yeah, doctor. you're thinking Tekken. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ken, Ken, Ken got to the point where um, he would, he would, he would play with his feet on the arcade controller just to completely mock you because because he could still kick your ass with well, like three hits. Well, it was Mitsurugi because what would happen is that you get in an air juggle and people just didn't know how to because it's just a weird concept because it was full 3D and you can like move in the air when you're still getting tossed and stuff like that but people just didn't know what to do so it would be before you hit the ground he'd hit you again and but it, it's like you know you say Meta Knight you say Meta Knight's like super strong and it's like there's always tr- I mean, it, there's very rarely somebody who's like for a character dominant. for a character that can jigglypuff back on the stage. He's pretty strong. But anyway, I don't want to get too much into the game. Um, oh come on, that's the fun stuff. <laughs> I know it is the fun stuff, and we maybe we can dive deeper. But I wanted to answer your question. Yeah. Um, so the the two the two things I thought were very very smart from Nintendo. Number one was the Wii Fit Trainer, but number two is the Miis. Yeah. So you the the Wii used to make you create a me in order to play like the bowling game and stuff like that, and you'd be that guy with the weird buggy eyes and the oversized head. He almost looked like a cross between like a like a Pinocchio and a stick figure, right? And it was a very strange character. It was it was like an avatar before people had avatars, you know, or like a Bitmoji before people had Bitmojis. And you'd try your hardest to make him look like yourself, but he still looked strange. And they, they called the character a me. You actually can build your own me fighters, and you can pick their own attacks. So you, you you're it's completely customized, customizable move sets as well. Well, yeah, you, you have, yes. you have like um. So you have like there, well, there's there's, like, there's like, three character. There was three character archetypes, and then you can build their move sets around them. Right? Yeah, so there, he's right. Gunner's completely right. There's three. There's three different archetypes, and you can pick of those three archetypes for every single type of move. So you can have like um you can have like uh, you know, like Samus um, from Metroid, right? Yep. Samus from Metroid has like a spin jump. You can use the spin jump as like as like your jump style, or you can do the gun thing where you charge and then let go. <clears throat> you can you can pick those and you can mix and match them. So like you could could you potentially pick like Samus's? So Samus is like a is like a projectile heavy character. Um, so you could pick like let's so let's say it's, I assume that it goes so that would go under like the projectile archetype yeah or the show like the shoto so, so you say so, so basically there, there there's there's three archetypes which is that you have the 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 blast slash beam one you have the sword one and then mm-hmm. you have the the the, the what i call it, the shoto the the shoto like just hand-to-hand punchy person so you just say the melee one sure well, i mean that's the sword but they, yeah they, i mean sword is melee sure but like but yeah, so you can build your character with these different traits, and you can change the way they look. Like, um, uh, you know, my my brother, my brother made one, and it was a male character with a crown and long blonde hair with a girl's face. It was a very strange character, but he created this character, and uh, 
you know, you, but they're 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 fairly heavy characters, so they have pretty strong hits. And you know, you get to customize the way that they look. You get to customize the way that they fight. So that was a really cool feature. And my son just kept creating character after character after character, and he would give them like really funny names. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of one of them. Um, he made one, and he put a bear. He put him in a brown suit. He put a bear hat on him. So he was like a regular human face wearing like a bear mask over the top. And uh, he called him Potato, right? So you go and it's like they, they don't know how to say Potato. The switch isn't intelligent enough to actually try to pronounce words that you type. But uh, it would say like the, whatever the three archetypes were. It would say like, um, like me sword fighter or something whatever that the archetype was and uh but it when you hover over him with you know he's he is on the roster huh. with the bear head on and when you when you hover over him it says potato <laughs> so <laughs> that that to me is a really cool feature that they added in and there's there's quite a few extra characters gunner probably knows the characters better than i do because i don't even know the history with some of them because i'm not I don't know enough of the modern video games to know why they've added some of these characters. Like, there's one that looks like a puppy. I don't know what that's from. It's uh, Animal Crossing. Okay. Yeah. So the Animal She's Crossing. She's too pure for this world. Don't be hate. Don't be hating, man. Although, yeah. So the puppy mean, from Animal Crossing has been added if you mean to the Star roster. Wolf, Yiffen Hell for. You. Who's your main gunner? Um, well, I mean, again, my mine has always been Captain Falco, but uh, or Captain Falcon. Falcon, Falcon. Punch. Mm-hmm. Um, although Ganondorf is like superior to him in every way. That's my main. <laughs> but yeah, uh, eh, Falco's Cap- faster. Fal- no, it's like, you know, Falcon Punch. Although actually, now that they actually literally have Falco, I guess I can't be bagging on on uh, Star Wolf. The Star Wolf is is it's strangely, yeah. Fox is enchanting. He's actually improved. Uh, Star Fox or whatever. What's his name? Yeah, Fox. Oh, there's Star Fox. Fox McCloud. Fox McCloud. Fox McCloud. Yeah, he's actually his character seems to have improved in this because I would just watch people suicide over and over and over on accident with him with the old version. Um, but Star, yeah, Star 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 Wolf will go the distance now as well. Mario used to be my main. But I'm having a really hard time winning fights with him in this uh, in this really? latest version. Yeah, I think who are you that, meaning now then? Um, I, I'm random. I use oh, the random just, character. Game, game and watch selector. guy. What's that? Game and watch guy. Oh, you Game and watch is still in there. Too. Game and watch is still in there. God, Mr. Game and watch is fucking annoying. Yeah. Oh, those fucking noise is terrible. Well, you know, the problem the problem is is that um. Smash turned into an actual fighting game, and I know that like yeah, and on and not that. It was so not the goal of the people, the, the guy who designed that game, mm-hmm. that it was supposed to become like a real fighting game. And right. Un- unfortunately, it became the truest and realest of all real fighting games. Which be, which mean, which essentially mean it meant it, it turned into a toxic like wasteland well, like for it, professional but, game, professional well, fighting gamers. Well, b- b- yeah. I mean, like you know, all the all the bad habits that come through, but it's also like because you know this gets back into the the concept of. It's supposed to be something that people get easily, like easily into. Right. You know, it's, a, it's supposed to be a party game. Yeah. And when Game and Watch, you know, like you know, like if you're an abusive asshole, like Game and Watch actually is this whole <laughs> Mr. Game and Watch is where like you're setting up, you know, like you kind of get this with the weapons where you can like 
rig the environment to, to mess with someone, but Game & Watch can actually hit you from multiple directions at the same time if you, you get, like, the idea of how he, like, spams, like, his different games out. There's a, there's a, uh, I don't know what you call it, an, uh, something you can grab and hit people with, right, in the game. And it's like a frying pan? It looked like a frying pan in the older version. Oh, oh you're, with the oh, Game & Watch specifically. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, you you're talking about frying sorry, pan. another, another um, function. Yeah, and, and actually I heard that the, the Game & Watch character, there's some things they had to tone down. Oh, he w- he had a Native American... Um, yeah. He had a Mohawk or something like that. They had to, they had to get rid of it because he had they didn't Indian want it. He'd have a, he'd have a, like, a full-on stereotype Indian headdress. Yeah, and okay. they, they've removed that. Um, or maybe it's a DLC. Maybe it wasn't removed and then they removed it with... Um, you know, as, as like update? an update. Yeah. Okay. But my... So my my sister in law, she get she plays with Peach, and she picks That's up this fan, too. this fan item, and all the fan really does is it allows you to punch quicker. But instead of punching them, you hit them with a the fan. It does it only takes off a little tiny bit, but you can go so fast with it that you can't you can actually trap somebody in this like slap fest with a fan. And when I'm playing against her, this is with the with the Wii version. I haven't I don't know if the fan exists in the Switch version. I haven't seen it really be used like this but she'd get me in close with this fan and i would be backing off from her like a pixel at a time in between hits and she would just you know completely decimate me with this fan by just bringing my percentage up and of course the higher your percentage the easier it is to knock off the world but uh um they did add some new throwables, you know things that you can grab and hit people with or throw at them one of them is uh and i'm going to mess up the name but it's like a it's like a, an assist it's like another player that you can spawn kind of like the one the pokeball i mean the pokeball it's sure just it's like the pokeball okay. it's just like that except it's not a pokemon right so the pokeball was a weird one because some of the pokeballs when you throw them like with snorlax for example the, 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 if you throw it and snorlax comes on the screen he is so big that he kills pretty much anybody on the screen you have to know it's snorlax and fly way 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 off the screen in order for him to not kill you it's almost impossible to avoid snorlax whereas there's other ones where they like put you to sleep or something like that if you're not in close proximity it's an ineffective um it's an ineffective move but this other one what it is is it looks like it looks like a uh, a display case for a figure for like an action figure and when you smash the display case for an action figure some random character comes out and helps you and you can beat them up just like you can beat up another player so it's kind of like two-on-one when that happens so that to me is an interesting new feature i don't necessarily like it though because um to me it seems way more unfair at least with the pokemon once you figured out the charizard blue fire you just stay away from him he can't run around and punch you but with this assist there's actually a secondary player that just shows up and beats the crap out of you. And they'll follow you around the stage, you know? They'll charge up a weapon and shoot you from across the stage and stuff like that. So that's a new feature that I thought was a bit... Um, the, the the game mechanic term is... it's it's it, You're calling a striker out because, like, it's from, it's from when you have, like, multi-roster teams. Mm-hmm. So if you have, like, three... You know, I don't know if you played, like... Marvel vs. Capcom, or yeah. that, you know, like where you have like you have three players on your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the like the striker, yes. yeah, yeah, striker anti-air. Uh, well, you you you're you're calling you're calling out an assist, and you know, hopefully going for uh, as they term it, the happy birthday where everybody gets everybody lands their hit on at the same time and uh, goes into super. But 
So like when you mentioned that it was never intended to be a real fighting game, those features make me realize that it's still it still is a game of chance because uh, it's kind of like Mario Kart, right? You could be in first place by a decent margin, but if somebody gets that blue turtle shell, it's going to get you. There's right. no way to avoid the blue turtle shell. Um, by the way, the blue turtle shell is now in Super really? Smash Brothers, nice. and it is hilarious <laughs> because just like in Mario Kart, you don't know when you know it's going to get you, but you don't know when. In Smash, it's even stranger. It hovers over your head. It just stays there, and it's going to kill you at some point, and it just stays there. There's no way to shake it off, and then at some random point, like, I mean, there's probably like a countdown clock, like like 10 seconds or something like that. The the blue turtle shell just hits you and, Fucking you know, nails you. Nails you, yeah. You don't always die from it, but um, but it does get you. So so here's a question. Can you take somebody with you? Can you, can you like, do a, can you do a, 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 a grapple? And time it so that when the blue shell hits you, that you take somebody off the edge um, with you. Probably. Yeah, I would say the blue shell should hurt. I don't know, though. We didn't test it. I didn't have somebody else. And you'd have to have at least three players because it's not going to hurt the person that, that threw it. What's... uh? So, actually, just a little side note. I just did some quick lookups. The Nintendo Switch dropped in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. Which, so they really only had one Christmas. This 2018 Christmas. Just in comparison, the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four dropped in right around Two November. Christmases. November uh, two in March would have been December twenty seventeen. Oh, you're right, that, you're right. You're yep. right. You're right. You're right. It had. It did have two Christmases. Yep, that's, two. that's that's true. The the PlayStation and the Xbox dropped right around the November time in 2013. 2013, wow. Yeah. So four years. They had like a four-year lead on, on in, Nintendo. And Nintendo actually, what's interesting about this this console sale is uh, Nintendo came out and they're like, first of all, this is more sales than they've had since 2011, right? So this is the most amount of, this is the most amount of money they've gotten since 2011 on console sales. And that's important to look at because they went seven years not knowing if they were going to stay in the gaming market, and that's scary for them. And it's actually caused the uh, the the CEO to to make a statement. He's like, "We don't know if we want to stay in console sales. It's like we might have to move to mobile, something which which we don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to survive." And it's the problem with the consoles is if you don't if the console doesn't isn't a success, you just blasted a whole bunch of money at something and the wii u is an example of that it had great titles it was a great console but it just simply didn't sell um switch was was a success but i'll tell you if somebody if somebody asked me and they did um you know back in christmas of 2017 i'm like okay nintendo's just shooting themselves in the foot they went from from a dedicated console to trying to jam-pack enough hardware inside a handheld well, the, the the other problem is is that effectively nintendo keeps punching themselves in the the, the wedding vegetables on these things like the wii u mm-hmm. you couldn't buy replacement tablets the controller you know like the controllers were like a pain in the balls to get for the longest time like you i mean like you could use the wii ones but like again it, it's this it's just they they're Nintendo, you know, you talk, you talk about, you talk about, um, you know, the market pressure and stuff like that, and Sony and Microsoft. I mean, like they've got, 
Sony and Microsoft have their own massive problems. Nintendo, Nintendo is their single, single, Nintendo's biggest single impediment to figuring out what they want to do in the gaming console is the gaming market is Nintendo. That may be true, because Gunner, they, but, well, uh, but my point is is that it's a competitive market well, and that they've had enough unsuccessful consoles for them to stop and say, hey, if we want to stay, if we want to keep creating video games, maybe console sales well, aren't the way to go. Well, no, it, but, and I guess it, it gets into the core, it gets into this whole, like, the people who run Nintendo now do not get what Nintendo's core mission was originally, and I guess because Nintendo was a toy company, and I guess this is this is I mean, yeah, it, it was I, a, I, it, I, it was I, a toy I, company I, a long time ago. No, but but so the thing is, is that if Nintendo, if if you're going to make Nintendo a mobile developer, effectively Nintendo has stopped being an, a game company, and it's just an IP company, and. This isn't a hemming and hawing thing. It's literally they need to sack every you know if they're going because this is this is an investor driven thing. This isn't this isn't like an actual company strategic direction thing. It's the investor return. It's like they're they're going to be remarkably more profitable if they're getting all this money and they don't they're not actually the ones paying for the games to get developed. But I mean, if you look at this right, they could be accessories, right? They could be accessories. They could still sell their controllers, which, by the way, I think the controllers are a higher markup than the actual Switch. I they, I would yeah, say they probably break even are on like the Switch. Sixty bucks or something, right? Yeah. Yep. There's. Yep. It's a sixty dollar well, controller for the for the. Now, the only difference between, by the way, if somebody's looking to buy a controller, the only difference between the Pro controller and the one that doesn't say Pro on it that's right next to it is the Pro controller has its own uh, rechargeable battery pack. Oh, that's it. Okay. And it's got a USB C plug, just like the one that plugs into the. Uh, the console, I, so you can charge it off of the same charger that you use for your Android phones. That's the only difference between those two controllers. There might be, they might have like better buttons and better like Dual Shock on there, but that I don't know. When I looked at them on the on the rack, they are they are cut from the exact same mold. One comes with a battery, the other doesn't, and it's like twice as much well, to come with that battery. Actually, and, and and I guess part of this this goes back too is that um part of the core problem is that Nintendo is a very Japanese-centric company. And one of Nintendo's biggest impediments to being successful, these like, like, you know, you can push the hardware out and stuff like that, and you can argue that, like, the fact that they've had such big sales with the Switch maybe counteracts this. But one of the biggest things that screws them is that um, their, like, network services and online stuff is absolute dog poopy, and, like, they've gotten better every generation but so well, they just Sony, shut down. They just shut down the the Wii Store like yeah, this well, past month. Yeah, which, which brings its own like you which know, is like weird. Well, yeah, it's really weird because there's a lot of Wiis out there. You can still buy accessories for the Wii, but um, there there's a lot of Wiis out there, well, and you can't go out and buy Mario One anymore for the Wii. You remember a couple of podcasts? The, the new Switch Store doesn't have all the content from the old Wii Store. Well, you know, a few podcasts back, we talked about how like the the biggest thing with Microsoft, the biggest difference between Microsoft and Sony was that Microsoft was pushing this whole online compute you know like because microsoft had azure and everything like that mm -hmm. they designed the xbox and everything else around this idea of how to how to manage this cloud computing like, cloud computing yes and sony has to like kind of catch up after the fact mm -hmm. but sony let the american division work on that stuff and nintendo of america fundamentally doesn't trust any of their subsidiaries 
to do work for this. So there's there's no equivalent service in Japan. But Nintendo's still selling game cartridges. But, 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 you know, I mean, but all, so the, is, the games but, you know, we've bought so far are all in cartridge form. Well, you know, what do you need that, the cloud for? But this this goes back is that like the the first because this this is one of the frustrating things that they talk about is that Nintendo will kick all the emulator people right in the plums. Like the you know like the you know like people who make like um, Pokemon inspired games or people who are uh, distributing them like distributing ROMs and stuff like that. And if you go look at the like the the console store, the Switch and the Wii U were running Dolphin, which is the open source emulator yeah. that people yeah. you, you know they're not it, the only ones though. PlayStation did the same thing well, with it. So I don't know if you've heard this, but um, these new classic consoles that are coming out, you yeah. get the PlayStation 1, you can get, and it's like the size of a slice of bread, yeah, right? Yeah, Super this, Nintendo classic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was the hot thing last last Christmas. The consoles have been reverse engineered, <laughs> and people actually found the consoles running. The, they got to a command prompt when they, somebody, somebody got, on the, on the, on the PlayStation classic, they actually yeah, got Yeah, the they were prompt. hardware locked. So if you had a special USB keyboard in there, you could hit escape and get to a terminal. Really? Any other keyboard was, was hardware locked out. So it was like a special brand of Logitech keyboard you could get in, in there. And it was a popular like it was a popular keyboard for like gamers and programmers. So it just took the right person hitting the escape key and they were able to get to it. But on these classic consoles, they found that, that the classic consoles instead of So you gotta step back into the hardware world, but like if you look at like he mentioned the Dolphin emulator. And this is why I wondered about the hardware of the Switch. If you look at the Dolphin emulator, what the Dolphin emulator was designed to do was to allow you to play a game that was intended for, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the GameCube or the Wii, right? Because they both used similar yeah. uh, similar hardware on a PC. Right. So if you had a Mac or a Windows PC at home, you could actually play those games. But in order to do it, you need to find the ROMs. Now, the ROMs is just a CD rip. It's an ISO, a burnable image, or whatever. For those that don't game. know, it's, it's, it's essentially the game. It's like, the game. It's what's on the cartridge when you, pl- when you throw the cartridge into your old-school Nintendo. That and, was a ROM that was playing. And ROM just stands for read-only memory, and it's the idea that the CD, you don't write back to it. It's just a read-only copy of the game. And if you plug one of those games into Dolphin, you can actually run. And Dolphin's a beautiful emulator. Um, it also talks to the US, It also talks to the Bluetooth Wiimote and stuff like that. So you can actually use the Wiimote through Bluetooth um, and do it. But what they found out when they, when they were looking into these consoles, uh, there was another one. That was very similar released for uh, the PlayStation. And when they were looking into the PlayStation Classic, they actually found that that Sony had had reached out and gotten one of these emulators, like a you know, people just made for free, open source, whatever. They found that those emulators were running on Sony's hardware. And it kind of makes sense because you don't go out to the the hardware manufacturers and say, "Hey, I want you to give me a uh, a chip that was made for the GameCube or a chip that was made for the Wii, and I want you to just put one of those on the Nintendo Switch, right? Right. It doesn't have the efficiencies of the processor well, that, now. And the, and the technology has 
and the manufacturing processes have changed probably so much from 15 years ago to now right. that they're not going to do it for you because the cost would be so ineffective like to change everything around in the factory. And those, those ones that Dolphin targeted were specifically IBM chips. Yeah. They were PowerPC chips, which is what the old Power Macs used to run. Um, those power chips, you're not just going to go to IBM and get an additional chip set put inside this handheld console. It would make more sense for you to keep the one that's in it, which is like a self, according to, to Gunner talking about his, uh, talking about the quad core, uh, the quad core arm, it's more like a cell phone processor. And then through software, they'll emulate the old console. But yes, um, Sony's guilty of this exact same thing as well. Yeah. And well, they, they got a lot, they got a bunch of shit too, because effectively the PlayStation Classic was a horrible garbage pile compared to the Ones, the well, Super Nintendo? Did, yeah. you, did you read? Yeah. It, they got the Super Nintendo Classic to run PlayStation games at a faster speed than the PlayStation that's Classic. That's pretty cool. Well, because the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, is that um, um, so, so uh, Sony actually contracted out the PlayStation Classic to this company that's kind of infamous for making really shitty all-in-one like mini retro consoles and everybody said that the like we'll give you the benefit of the doubt but we're pretty sure this is gonna be be shit and it's like no it's gonna be different this time and it's like the 16 and it is shit right i mean you see the reviews like so whenever you play these emulated games on on the pc for those who did this um you would realize that like there would be like like corners of a building missing right there would be tearing in the graphics because you don't have the original console to render the yeah. game. You have somebody's interpretation of what the original console should have been doing. You have stuff where like the sound's not playing properly or it's not syncing up with the game. All of these bugs that people observed with the emulators over years and years and years are existing inside well, this. So, and I, I, I it's kind of, we've kind of maybe jumping back here. So, you know, you're talking about Nintendo and like the whole idea that they're, they're like, well, we don't even know we want to be a console company at this point. Right. Can you, I mean, not to stop you, but like, finish your point, but I, I want, like, can you blame them? And go ahead. So, but again, part of the problem is, is that Nintendo is Nintendo's biggest enemy. So, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole freaking debacle that their, their, their Nintendo live services have been. And the fact that there is no concept of a persistent you across whatever plat you know so like they had the the 3ds online mm -hmm. that kind of talked back to their online infrastructure and then they had the wii and the wii u that kind of talked back to their infrastructure but if you buy something in their classic arcade library it doesn't migrate from console right. to console that's so there's no like master that's like, a problem but that's like i was library. saying with the old store with the old wii store that was a big issue um we have i have a wii at home it's got some of these games there's like gunner said there's no way to transfer them onto the switch so yeah. i have to pay for them again that's horseshit that's and the, well, and the thing is that they are port they are bringing them over with an emulation for, you know it's not mm -hmm. like they're recompiling it and again it's like if Nintendo didn't want to be a game co or a game, you know, like if they, they you want to slack back, it's like just do fucking Netflix. Here, here's a fucking sub <clears throat> here's a monthly subscription. You have access to our back library that plays on our dedicated platform instead of just freaking ganking stuff from, uh, you know, the open source community. But they've it, never it, really been a subscription service. Well, but but if they, they don't like want, if they but they like 
knowing that people can grab the product off of the shelf. But but if they're going to be a phone, and again, this is where this, this is this is again, Nintendo is their biggest enemy because if they don't want to ship physical product, why the fuck are you sit? Why the fuck are you selling a disc or a cartridge? Because the thing is, is that part of the part of the point of having a Nintendo console is that I can pick up a disc or I can pick up a cartridge and I can stick it in that console mm-hmm. 10 years from now and the fucking thing works. Right. And if they don't want to do that, then you commit fully to if, if, they, if they're... But, but aren't, coming, they, aren't they the one that is still committed fully? No. Aren't they the one that is still selling ca- cartridges? I mean, they still have game cartridges for these little... I mean, they're tiny. And well, I think they're, they're, they're based SD, off the they're 3DS. SD cards, but yeah. I think they're based off of the 3DS cartridges, like in design. They're... They're, they're, they might, the technology might be SD under the covers, but it's its own proprietary plug. It's its own proprietary cartridge slot. I, I guess the thing is, is that they're hemming and hawing because like Microsoft is already like kind of trying to pitch this idea that the next Xbox isn't going to have disc. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to be on, it's going to be digital only. Oh, it makes sense. I haven't purchased a, purchased a physical disc for my Xbox in well, we, we just had an issue where a long time. you can't transfer the discs to digital yet. That's a huge issue with these consoles. I actually wish the, wish, wish the Switch would let us do it because I oh, keep popping it. these cartridges in and out. And like with the Xbox, it you have to load the game onto the Xbox. But then if you don't have the original disc, you can't play it. And I actually just ran into this on vacation. I was at a, I was at a friend's house and he had like 20 different Xbox games and the Blu-ray reader stopped working the dvd was working so you could play the old uh uh uh, original xbox games or xbox 360 games or whatever came before the one he could play those because the dvd reader was working but the blu-ray reader died and it would just keep saying insert disc insert disc and he couldn't play these 20 games he had to go buy another xbox just so that he could play the games that he had already purchased because they won't let you transfer those licenses to digital licenses and I, I hear what you're saying, Gunner, you're, but but the problem that you're describing takes a team of 100 people three months to solve. Setting up a cloud infrastructure for the game content actually isn't a huge, it's not a huge obstacle for them. But, and even more so, all that, that, the distribution network and the game content, a lot of that is going to be solved if I'm, they switch to mobile because there's already existing I'm, distribution uh, but, techniques but I, for I, that. I guess, I guess part of this and like, you know, Maybe this is why they're also like cracking down on on your your, your ROM sites and stuff. Although they haven't offered a, they, they you know Nintendo out of all of them, you would hope would actually have like like Sega basically is a wash. Their whole classic library is pretty much lost to the sands of time and will only be available via ROM rip because nobody gave a shit about keeping masters and stuff. Nintendo's kind of better, but um. You know, you talk you talk about like it's gonna take. Well, it's a team of a hundred. It'll take them a, cu- a couple months. That's great. But but what's working against them is that they keep they keep fucking pushing this off. Make the but why plug. is it working against them? Because if you look at product sales, if I have to buy Mario One for every Nintendo console that comes out, at what point in time? I mean, yet yeah, the fan base might be upset. But it, when does it become a bad business model? So that's a good so, question. No, so I, I guess the thing is, is that th- this is this is on the assumption that Mario and his crew are effectively Mickey Mouse level characters at this point. Mm-hmm. And I actually have some doubt because 
you know, you talk you talk about that. You talk about the, like. Well, if they aren't, you're, then, it, you're, then it's not even a conversation, right? No, no, no. Because the thing is, is that like we're we're kind of in this gen of these were our mascot characters, and it, it's this you and me. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying you mean not, way, not, yeah. not a ten year old. Not a ten year old. No. And I guess I guess where I'm going is that like Nintendo Nintendo is. You know, and, and, and whether whether you want to do it or not, like, and again, I'm not I'm not head of a company, so I I I, I totally I totally accept that I may be talking completely out of my ass, but where where this where I'm going with this is that the longer the longer Nintendo keeps kicking this can down the road of make do doing something like this, because the other thing is is that yeah, make your games available on other platforms. If you don't want to be a game console manufacturer anymore, the, and the, but that's that's exactly but, 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 the discussion like, we started. Well, you know, but this is like me talking about how like I'm gonna go back to fucking college or I'm gonna start, my, you know, I'm gonna fucking cut hair. It's like it doesn't get any fucking. It gets exponentially more difficult to actually successfully pull this off. But, but the longer they but wait, seven years ago, seven years ago is the last time that they really saw success like this, right? If you were going to college for the last seven years. Right, and you just finished your master's or PhD, then right now we would be like, no, you know what? All the hard work that led up to this and the struggles and the failures might be worth it. I think what you're doing, and I don't mean to turn this uh, ad hominium on you, but I think what you're doing is you're 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 using this this sliver of classic retro gaming, and you're applying it to the brand. What you really have to look at Nintendo for is. They have, they have intellectual property. They have intellectual property that they continue to refresh. And they have intellectual property that's still selling. And it's selling to the, the, the kids that are going to the store and buying it. They're competing with huge, huge, huge consoles, game titles, and they're, and they're successful, which is insane to me. I don't know how the, the, the Wii, I don't know how the Switch actually became successful. It doesn't even make sense the to me. The only thing that keeps, <clears throat> here's, like Nintendo more so than Microsoft, more so than PlayStation, has a bit of magic to it. And a bit of, maybe some of that is nostalgia. I think it's the Mickey Mouse it. effect, like he said. It's definitely, I think, like Mario is, I, is, this is the most iconic character in gaming. And so is Link. Mm-hmm. And they're all there. But my thing is, Nintendo, no one would fucking buy this the, uh, the Microsoft Switch or the fucking Sony Switch fucking ever it would be a right. joke it would be laughed off of the community laughed off like the stage from the community their ips keep their mm-hmm. you can't get smash brothers on either of those other two consoles right you will buy the switch there are people that buy the fucking switch for one fucking for game. one game and like, that's why the Breath sales wild, were so good whether it's hopefully they make this new metroid like it's one of those IPs, Japan and those IPs are like so Metroid. dynamite. What's that? Mm-hmm. Japan doesn't like Metroid. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's why we you keep, can, that's why we keep bad. it's why we keep getting boned on that front. You can play as Mega Man too, in Smash. Really? Yeah. We well, have Solid Snake and Mega Man. And also, they have the, a lot of the Cap, Capcom roster as well. I heard. Yeah, that you, you can, can play be as Ken, Ken and Ryu. Ryu as well. Both of them. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but, you, you can do that Hadouken and the the fireball and the the helicopter kick from Street Fighter Two. But that's the thing, and because it has this magic, and the other thing is, it's not just its IPs though. <clears throat> it's it's an approach to gaming for pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear that, like Jenny and Gomir are playing a fighting game, it's like. 
they would fucking never play any fighting never. game on PlayStation or or, or yep. Xbox. Like they but just they see that Wii Fit trainer and they're like, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna try her. Right. right. Like Nintendo don't be wrong, they have issues. If Nintendo had the wherewithal to get like the Sony hardware or the Xbox hardware, they would dominate the market and crush. But they couldn't else. fit it. In a, they couldn't fit it in a three hundred dollar handheld. And this is where, like, I, I never would have expected it to be successful. But now that it is, it reminds me so much of the Wii. And Gunner, I'm not trying to argue with you about the online stuff. You're right; their online presence sucks. But what what you have to do is you have to look at the bottom line and where they're putting their where they're investing their money. If you remember, when, when, if you remember when the Wii came out, the idea that that you had this weird thing you waved around your living room was the strangest and the coolest thing. They, it was both the strangest and the coolest thing at the same time. Now they've kept the accelerometers in the in the controllers. They just don't tell you about it, right? If you want to, you can get the Pro Controller and you can tilt the Pro Controller to steer Mario Kart. You just got to go into settings and tell it you want it to be a tilt controller. But they did something interesting here, and this I, I really think was smart, is the the actual Switch controllers, the ones that click into the console, the ones that, like, you always see the Switch logo. Well, they and they had to leave the accelerometers in it because they have that weird, like, uh, tech tech explorer kit that they built for it. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that, that thing. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of those on the shelves. I don't know how how well they're selling. Well, it's because yeah, I pe- forgot what they're it's called. Because, it's the cardboard. Americans brain. American Americans have ruined a generation of kids, so they don't do like weird science, exp- like bullshit science mm-hmm. experiments anymore. But so those single those 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 controllers. So I got the blue and the red one. Yeah. Right, there's, I think they're all. Aren't they aren't most of them blue and red? There's two different. There's two different versions you okay. can buy: the blue gray and gray. And gray or the blue and red. And as add-on controllers, you can also get two other colors. It's I think green, it's, it's green and... Actually, isn't it green and yellow? Uh, something like that. I'm not sure if it's... It might be purple and green, but um, I, I'm not sure about yeah. those. But yeah, you can get... So I believe there's four co- There's four colors that you can get with those little tiny like controllers. Now, what's interesting about those little tiny controllers is they do have the, the up-down... The, like the, the D-pad. Well, the... Um, yes, but the, the shock... The oh, analog the, shock controller. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's a stick then. It's a stick. Okay. Yeah. Each one of them has their own stick. When they click Man together, when they click together, they have like it's really just a piece of plastic they both click into. When you do that, you can use both of them as one large dual shock controller. Or when they're separate for games that have simple controls, you can use each one as its own individual controller. So what I like about this is you you bring back that idea that the console ships with two controllers. Because for some basic games, it does. It, it works as that. So like with Mario Kart, Mario Kart, you just really need to accelerate, steer, and then you need to be able to do your like power slides and throw your items. Very, very basic controls. Each one of those little itty-bitty controllers works. Now for like $3, you can get the little plastic steering wheels. You get two of them. And you click the controller under the steering wheel. Each each controller that clicks into the switch has its own accelerometer inside the little controller. So you can actually steer. Huh. You have two little steering wheels. And like my like my daughter, she could grasp the concept of holding holding the gas and turning the wheel. But to her, using the joystick just didn't make so much sense to her. So again, like this is where you know, I'm not trying to argue with the points about the cloud, but I'm trying to say that what other console comes with two controllers that you can click inside a steering wheel and people are racing? So, so again, but this this goes back then, is that 
so the, everything that you've said about what compels Nintendo's options is the actual device layer. So how come if you fucking get that, mm-hmm. the, the investor board and the executive management board are still like, well, we're not really sure if this is a good... Because, the, they, because they should have failed. No. If, if everybody looked at their sales a year ago for Christmas and nobody was buying the console... You have to. You're, all these executives that you're talking about, Gunner, are sitting around a, well, a table saying, "This we just made another failed no, console." No, so, so, it wasn't until this Christmas that they succeeded. So you have the, the, the there's there's three things that we're working against Nintendo the last gen, which is that one, the Wii U was a terrible name. It was a bad name. Um, Sounds like the university. the the form the form factor was re- the form factor was really just not. Great. Yeah, they made like the controllers larger, right? The the but the whole tablet, th- like you mm-hmm. know, like again, like the, the, where where this could have. It was a little early for a tablet. It was a little early, but it was also like they just they 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 missed they missed they missed the right. It, it's like it's like if you make a stew and you forget like a couple spices and you like it's like this works, but I totally know that this isn't what it's supposed to be. We're talking about the Dreamcast right now, right? Yes, no, the dream. Actually, no, actually, yes. Nintendo has survived three effective Dreamcast attempts because, I mean, like, the Wii had the whole, like, flash, like, the super popularity thing because the Dreamcast, like, fucking was selling, like, hotcakes when it first came out and then it kind of just tailed off. But Nintendo had its, had a much bigger installed base and their properties were kind of, you know, like, Sega was always the alternative one, anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> and um but you know like sega sega I, i'll be honest sega you know never sega never had a freaking mascot thing but yeah like the whole no sonic was the, a pretty no no but i mean like sega could never have made a smash they didn't have a big enough library they I didn't have enough they didn't have enough interest yeah they didn't yeah, it would have be sonic characters. and crash or no I'm sonic thinking. and like the, the three fighters from golden axe maybe i guess yeah, and the streets yeah. of rage guys eh, it well, just doesn't sound streets, appealing to me well even that streets streets of rage i mean like they ended up in capcom anyways yeah it's true but you know cody the strongest person on earth like everybody you know guys who like have demon powers and stuff like that and Co- cody throws like fucking tornadoes and it's just because he's punching so hard but i mean if you if you go back to the original super smash brothers for the nintendo 64 Before. there wasn't actually a whole lot but but there wasn't but but the thing was is that there wasn't a game like that yeah, like but this, there was you know, nothing like, but, like but there, were, there were there were PC. I mean, but to your like, point too, it wasn't really intended to be a fighting game. It's yeah. like they just threw a couple of characters in with the ability to fight. I think it became, and, and I love it when games do this. I think it became almost an accidental success. Yeah, and I love it when games do this. I love it when they become an accidental success. Um, but like, I mean, the fact that. What, what I'm the picture I'm trying to paint, Gunner, is these executives sitting around this board, scared out of their mind that they're all going to be unemployed. Well, I mean, they didn't know they didn't know if the console was actually going to succeed until this Christmas. And there was and there was a ton of like if you look at the critics, um, there was a ton of doubt. They were like, Jesus, they're going for this gimmicky handheld mm-hmm. shit again. Like, it's, it's just a smaller Wii U. And this is going to be a failure. They, like the games won't be able to bring it from the brink. Like, could this be the end of Nintendo? Essentially, was yeah. well, was the question well, for a e- long time. And, and investors, and even, frankly, are 
they're affected by those stories. And it's crazy because they're still doing the development, right? They're still putting millions and millions of dollars into each game title, regardless of whether or not it's going to sell. And that's when they, they have the potential to lose a lot of money. Um, what's interesting is the Super Mario um, game that they came out for the Wii U, is that they're actually keeping the title. They're, I don't even believe that they're adding any features. It's a direct port over to the Switch. And yes. it says, like, Super Mario U, Wii U. Like, and, and they haven't even released it yet, but they're just porting the entire game over. And what so. that tells you is they put enough content into this game that they don't even need to change the title. It was a perfect game when it was released for the Wii U, but nobody bought the console, so they couldn't play it. And it does go to your point, Gunner, that they should really release for other consoles. And well, the, and it sounds like they're going to. It's a long-term strategy. I'm, 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 thinking, I'm thinking even... So, again, it gets into this idea of what, what Nintendo's core, core business plan is. And... Unfortunately, Nintendo seems to be suffering from Sony management at this point, where it's like you have these different fiefdoms that are kind of like slowly but surely accumulating their own individual power versus like a cohesive goal. Because the thing is is that, yeah, I I don't even... Again, you want to make Nintendo successful? Have a consistent inheritance thing. So here we have this new console. Oh, by the way, you have all the you you if you want to if you want to pay if you if you want to pay, we can monetize this this whole pre-existing library of titles that we have. And I know that because the other thing is is that I, I get I get part of why they get so twitchy about this is because they're trying to kind of mediate this experience of how you're interacting with these characters each gen. Because they're not, you know, like, it's this thing where it's like, we don't really care about returning customers. We want to get new people on this platform. But the thing is, Isn't is that, that they... all businesses, though? Yeah, but the problem is, is Nintendo's entire fortune is built on return customers. Yeah, but my, my, no, my argument but it's with you not. is... It's on their intellectual property. Like, that's, where, that's where I think you're wrong. They don't care if their customers come back because they have to. If, if, if you want to get a Toy Story uh, 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 action figure, you're going to get a Toy Story action figure. It doesn't matter if you bought one when the last when the first Toy Story came out like 20 years ago. How, how long? When, <laughs> I know it wasn't 20 years no, ago. It was, it was a long probably time ago. close to that. It's I mean, close. To be honest with you. They don't care. And you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy it because the intellectual property. It, it, they don't care if you're loyal to the Toy Story brand. Right, just like Nintendo doesn't care if you're loyal to the Mario brand because it's so demanded that you're going to pay for it again. And everybody that I know with a Wii went out to that store and bought the old N64 and Nintendo Classic games. They all did it again. They bought the cartridge originally, Gunner, and they got ripped off by having to pay for it again once. I don't know why it's a big deal they have to do it a second time. That's the I don't understand. And here's why the argument: If you're gonna buy, for to your point, Trace, Super Mario Brothers to play on your Switch. Just because you've owned that game since it was, you know, 1986 or whatever, 1989, why do you not have to pay for the for the copy again? Like, somebody had to engineer it to work on the Switch. Like, right. why would you not pay the fee and, for for that? And I'm just as disgruntled and as you are, Do I think are, it Gunner, sucks? Because, yeah, but... Because, Gunnar, you and I know that with, with 30 minutes of time, we can hack that Switch and we can run those rounds. You and I know that we already paid for it once. We don't need to pay for it again. And that the company is against hacking the device. 
or jailbreaking it or whatever you want to call it. And those ROMs we downloaded illegally with quotes because we already own it several times over. So it's actually not illegal. And the company itself is using those ROMs and using those emulators when it releases classic versions of its console, which makes them an oxymoron. And I get that. I, I think I think maybe maybe I'm not I'm not maybe I'm not even so much hung up on the fact that you got to buy the game again. Okay. This is this is not this is you know like there's a certain level of bullshit, but that's you're, just that's just modern that's just modern electronic entertainment. You're mm-hmm. a little bit hung up on it. I'm a little bit hung up on it. But <laughs> my my, pri- my my no my primary thing my primary thing is this is that like it just goes to show this kind of schizophrenic take that's on at Nintendo because you look at and again I know I know it's not an equivalent equivalent thing Xbox. You can play all the Xbox original Xbox games on Xbox now. You can play all the freaking Xbox 360 for for all intents and purposes. They have the Xbox 360 library mm-hmm. on Xbox One mm-hmm. and the next gen. It's they're they're already they've already like said that it's ready to go. And I guess the thing I guess where where, where I'm going with this is that like it just even if they want to charge you for it again. Let's say you gotta buy another you gotta buy another user or, or, or access license because I get that you gotta pay costs to fucking port shit over. I'm not I'm not that's because again part of this is that Nintendo has to manage that experience and us fucking dicking around with dolphin settings trying to fucking tweak it so that it doesn't do frame drop and it reads controller input controller input events in the correct sequence. That's because we're masochist and dumb. And that is not uh, that is not the user experience that you want to have something from a frontline personal electronic device. And where I guess where this is is that Nint- Nintendo Nintendo has this thing where it's like, okay, we're going to make this new piece of hardware, we're going to offer these games up, but we're never actually going to have a cohesive plan on how we're going to continue to do this. And it just you're talking it, about the Super Nintendo right now, right? I mean, Super Nintendo. I mean, because that console dropped all the classic games and charged you again to play them. Well, actually, so but there were there was there was things because the Super Nintendo Classic actually had games that never got released. Like they were they were they were kind of like you could not legally obtain mm-hmm. copies of them. Like Star Fox Two, like it was done. Right. You had to, it never it, released. Previously, period. you had the to, PlayStation had, Classic had similar issues where the. They actually, like in the U.S., they actually, when they sold the PlayStation Classic, it came bundled with like European versions of the games. Yeah. Because because in the U.S. they had to remove certain things. At when it was released in the U.S., they had to remove certain things. So they're like, okay, the European version of this game is the best version that we released. That's what we're selling yep. with the console because they're baked in. My question, Gunnar, is um, to the point because I agree with a lot of what you're saying because a lot of me like. Frankly, in my opinion, as far as like the online store and the online community and the networking and the social aspect of it, Microsoft does this better than any other game console, period. But Nintendo does like nothing like that. And Sony just followed suit with Microsoft, essentially. Yeah. Could you make the argument, though, that maybe Nintendo feels that Okay, yes, a lot of people may, may enjoy this, but we just don't feel that that's part of our business model, and we don't feel that's the way you have to do well, business. Okay, and I guess this goes back, and, and maybe this, maybe the, I will, I will posit that maybe I'm just hung up on the wrong thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because, but, so, so this goes back, is that 
fun to, you know, and again, it's also like this management shift because like basically, basically Iwata was the last one holding the line. And when Iwata died, then all, all, all of the, all of the fucking lunatics in the asylum basically got through the door. And, you know, we can say that the company is successful and all this stuff. And, and I'm not saying that the switch is not, uh, the switch is a, a, a neat piece of kit. And Nintendo has shipped some pretty good games, you know, like compared compared some to the Wii best, U gen, I mean, some yeah, of the best yeah. games, man. Like yeah, but but you know, but but again, it's it's like the core the core difference between Nintendo versus so you know Sony's consoles and Microsoft was that it was this idea that I can go back and use this library after so many years and again i understand where the where i guess where the thing is is that like nintendo cannot nintendo cannot deliver a sony or microsoft style experience so stop trying to be sony and microsoft be what Nintendo is good at, which is that you can, so again, if you have a cohesive place that I can go back and effectively have access to all of my, con- all of my previous Nintendo consoles, even if I got to pay the cert, even if I got to pay a, fr- a fee to get that, get that back. But yeah, like here's my fucking save files. Here's, you know, like we, we you know, again, it's like if I, if I, if I can go, if I can have a Nintendo managed experience, then that is something that Sony and Sony and Microsoft do not offer. And, and the thing is, is that Sony and uh, Nintendo, by the nature of it having so few third-party significant, you know, like basically they, they own the rights to all of their games. For the most part, they're the only vendor that can provide that option. No, and, and, it, I, and it's I one agree. Of, it's, it's, it's their single most compelling. Compelling feature set. You make a you make table. a very good point. I do think you, you'd make. I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying because the fa- I do believe that if Nintendo just decided to get their shit together, clone what Microsoft has done with how they do their connectivity and how they do their networking and how they do their kind of like back catalog online and digital. I mean, it would be a game changer for Nintendo, and they would have made. I think that they would essentially immediately take the lead. I think people would. Third-party developers would start to take Nintendo a little more seriously. Although there are all, there are always going to be, but, I feel those hardware constraints well, for the know, third-party it, developers. What advantage does a console have by offering its back catalog except for loyalty? No, no, no. And I'm not, this is where where, where Gunnar even says he's not against having to pay for it again, right? Like if I get a Switch, I have my online thing, but if I want to play it on the Switch, I got to pay a, two bucks or three bucks. I'm not against that. The advantage is is that all my saves are there. So I just got the Switch, and I want to go into, hey, let's say a game like I played, which also actually did drop for, for the Switch, Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. I played that on 360, and then I got it for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they didn't port any of the shit I had. So I had dumped about, God, probably 200-plus hours easily into this game, leveling up these characters, getting them to the end game, and kind of pushing end game progress and then fucking xbox one hit and i couldn't port those characters over it wouldn't port them correctly through like the because i think it was going through battle at that time and i had to like restart with all these fucking characters and it's like i gotta put another 200 hours of shit i've already fucking done right this sucks right 
So that I think to that point, and it may seem minute on the outside, but to a gamer that really enjoys the games, that wants the progress saved and wants all the accolades they've achieved saved, that 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 point I do kind of agree with. But but that's a I think that's a specific example I, because I mean that would be like Super Mario wii u or whatever it's called there i think that would be another a very similar use case right where you put a lot of time into like building out your own custom stages and um in progress throughout the game and now you want to bring that to the next platform um so i i I can see i can see what you're describing but the only titles that are affected are titles that 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 end up crossing over right you most of the time, when it, when a new console comes out, the game's rewritten, and in that case, there is no progress to port over. I mean, we unlocked all the characters in the N64 version of Smash Brothers, in the GameCube version of Smash Brothers, in the Wii version of Smash Brothers. Part of the appeal is that it's a new game, and that you do have to go through these things again. What you're what you're talking about is is really bringing forward the the legacy information from a legacy game that just happened to be ported over to the platform. I don't think there's a lot of titles that are affected there, which is why they don't focus a lot of their attention on it. I do see that as being a problem, but uh, I I don't know how big of a problem that is. Now, when it comes to like like the the characters, uh, the the IP, I I just realized that um, Microsoft might actually be the next one to do this um what original titles does microsoft own at this point halo uh, i mean like they <laughs> so so a super, super they hate, so well they but they hate but yeah they own halo but they hate master chief but so yeah. it's like but, but halo's one right <laughs> so if there was a super smash brothers on them on that microsoft came out with what characters would be in it? Yeah, there'd be Master Chief. There would be the Covenant. To be honest with you, this is essentially what the Soul Calibur was. Do you remember when Soul Calibur dropped for all three titles? Mm-hmm. And like on certain consoles, you got certain characters. So like oh, okay. on PlayStation, I think in PlayStation you got. I, fuck, I don't even remember now. Like you. Yeah. So one huge title that Microsoft owns now, which would be really cool to see. Like, like I don't know the characters' names in Halo, but one of the Halo characters in their suits or whatever fighting they owned the minecraft the entire minecraft oh, title yeah so you could play not only as like you know steve the cliche minecraft character but you could be a villager which are like the weird guys with the long noses you could be a you could be a minecraft spider everybody knows what a minecraft actually, spider looks like creep know what you could be a creeper microsoft you imagine fighting as a creeper microsoft's plan is you just like, explode <laughs> do you do you remember um scalebound uh-huh Yes, we we talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, the canceled fucking thing that looked awesome. Well, no, because like actually, Platinum almost went under because of that. Yeah, and it's like near two auto- automata was the only thing that like kept them from fucking going under. Didn't they do like Age of Empires and stuff like that? What are the older like well, no, desktop? So, yeah, games? Microsoft had a whole bunch of them. Uh, uh, actually, they used to own Fafsa at one point, so they had BattleTech and Crimson Skies and all this stuff, but. It, Micro, yeah, it's this, it's this weird thing where they went out and bought a whole bunch of intellectual I, or, uh, IPs for games, and then like ditched them, and then it's like, oh look. I mean, they, they own Crash called. Bandicoot. Like he's a he's a pretty well, like from the PlayStation days. He's Is a pretty well number. He could Crash be in definitely Band- in a no, Smash game. So they they own they own the they own the rare, rare. games. Yeah. So they Crash have like, rare who game. owns that? Microsoft bought Rare. Oh, so so they have uh, what's this? What's what's the Conquer? Conkers, yep. Okay. He would be a good one that, that yeah. you could have for Smash. Yeah, like. No, they own Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. The Crash Bandicoot's a, 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 I think it's still a Sony thing. Is it really? Okay. Well, 
Oh, maybe maybe not a Sony thing, but but yeah. So they they own Banjo Kazooie, uh, Conquer. Uh, but when you so when I think of Perfect though, Dark, when I uh, yeah Perfect Dark, Golden Eye, Battletoads, Battletoads. But when I they do own the Battletoads, Golden, license, which would be sweet. Golden Battletoads Eye? would actually be yes. Golden Eye is part of what made made by Rare. Rare. Oh, but the James Rare. Bond might be. You might no, not they, be don't, play they, James they, Bond. they don't. They, yeah. they don't have I that license. Still, I still talk to people that wish they could play Goldeneye on the newer consoles. Well, this my what, thing is well, like the thing is, is that go go load the freaking Half Life Two mod. There's, they they did a full port of Goldeneye. Did they into Half Life Two Source Two? Yeah, but so. but you can't do that on the Switch. You can't do that on yes. the Xbox, right? I mean, you can't. Right. I I just when I think of. Playing Smash on my Xbox One, and maybe we just take some getting used to. There's something about it that feels not right, though. I'll tell you though, once you play with the GameCube Pro controller, I mean, I I have to show you a picture of this controller. Um, once you once you play with the 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 Pro controller, you realize that it's it's there. It yeah, it's there. Um, let me pull up this because the Pro controller essentially so looks like a so model of it. So here's the question: a, Why does it feel if if you were playing on an Xbox? With a GameCube controller, with a GameCube controller is one thing. No, no, but I'm saying like if you were playing on an Xbox, would it still tweak you out? It's something about it. Is it's that's that's a PlayStation controller, or excuse me, that's an Xbox controller essentially. Yeah, you play on that, and it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty tight. It actually because I have two Xbox controllers and two um, Switch Pro controllers. You, I actually get them confused when I'm looking at them. Yeah. And when I brought these, um, we went on vacation to North Carolina and we stayed at a friend's house. I brought these into his house and he goes, um, did you accidentally grab one of my Xbox controllers? Because they're black, they're the same color, they have the same button layout, the same DualShock. The only thing that I think is, is, is slightly unique is that it has the dedicated home button and the yeah. dedicated screenshot button. Oh, yeah. Those aren't, yeah, those are not on the... The the Xbox controller that I'm but but that's really it. It's got the two the two R triggers, the two L triggers, um, and I w- w- something I really don't care for with the Switch. And uh, the, the the guy's house I was staying at is also an Xbox player, so he 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 agreed with me on this. On the Xbox controller, the X, the actual X button, is the yeah. lowest on the four buttons. On this, the X button is the highest, but it's even weirder. A is the select button on the switch. Oh, so I'm constantly hitting B, which is the back button. So you hit the bottom button on the four. If for years and years and years on the consoles, that bottom button was the select button. I think PlayStation, it's the same way. But with this, it's the, it's the, so the this A, is which is like the how it button. is on a, on a Sony. It's Y, X, A, B. Oh, okay. So to, but to, top, to, select, to select, which one is it? To select is would be... The B, the A. Oh, it's A. Okay, but that's what I'm talking about. That that button. The bottom I button would be the select wrong. button. Yes. yes. The bottom button is the select button. Yeah. And that on the switch keeps throwing me off because I'm accidentally hitting the back button instead of the select button. I'm, I'm actually menus. That would suck. You can't remap your buttons in the software, or no? Um, you probably can, but I. It's not something I would want to do because then anybody that sits down at the switch that's used to it would be hitting the wrong button. I gotcha. But yeah, that's that's the one thing about the console that kind of perturbed me but the thing is is that the only reason that the bottom button is the select button is because it has been on the other consoles and it's who's who are we to tell well that is essentially the gaming standard i mean it's mm-hmm. same on sony as well and what they did is they modeled this after the the gamecube on the gamecube 
uh, oh, the, okay. the big the big red A button was up and to the right. And the uh, the B button was down and to the left, so they didn't want people to be hitting the wrong button. I think that's what they were doing. I think it was a mistake. I think that they should have made the select button the bottom button, like every other console. Yeah, I agree. Be, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're going to adopt and clone the the Dual Shock, the Dual Shock, then just make it like right. the rest of the Dual. It's Shock. kind of like sitting down to a computer and having right click and left click swapped. Right. Yeah. You, you're, it, once your brain swaps the two, you're okay. But then when you sit down to another computer where they aren't swapped, you're hitting the wrong button again instinctively. So that's one that's one thing I think that, that they kind of made a mistake on. But whoop-de-doo. You guys want to move on to the next topic? Do you want? Do you want? Well, hey, we're we're almost we're almost two hours in now. No, we're not. We got one. We're one fifteen. We got forty five minutes, bro. Forty five minutes. Okay. Well, no, I was gonna, it feels like two hours. like, get me out of this no, conversation. No, I'm just saying. I'm just gonna say, like, uh, so. Uh, side note: Nintendo officially disavowed Bowsette is uh, is a canon. They refuse to make her canon. That is well, no, correct. It only it, the crown only doesn't work on other humans. So uh, the the dream still lives. <laughs> I've been showing everybody so how's that, and they, they none told, of them they, get they, it. They told they told they told Luigi to go fuck off. Um. So Gunner, uh, well, we got a couple of topics. I really want to talk about this cool ass bus that you posted. Oh, so you own that I, thing now? No, I do not. I but, it, it, that may be a work in progress. But, but um, you posted this this picture on Facebook. Reasons. And uh, yeah, the the only <laughs> caption you put was was reasons. It didn't even say because reasons. It was I think it was just the word reasons. And uh, and of course I look at a, a this junkyard photo of a bus. Now first of all I assumed you visited the junkyard, but my wife was guessing that you found the pictures online and reshared them. So who who's correct? Uh, your wife is correct. She's right. Okay. I just pictured you crawling around a junkyard with this thing, but it was in the middle of like an empty field. So I'm like, where did he find I thought it was at Utopia Farms. Is what no, I thought no, no. It was. <laughs> our, our, our place is not nearly that cool yet. So the first thing, so I was looking at it and it was just an old rotted bus, no big deal. And I could tell by looking at it that it was like an antique bus. But then as I scrolled through it, I realized that this is not just an antique bus. What the hell was that thing? So that is a well. The the one that we're talking about is uh, again one of uh, nine left in the world, and only two <laughs> in North America. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, but that is an AEC Regent Three London Transport bus, or actually the AEC Regent Three RT version. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so now I read it had almost a ten liter diesel engine yes. in that thing. But what I found most unique about this bus is. When you look at the front end of it, half of it looks like a bus. The other half looks like this big old antique car, like with the long front end. Yes. That, to me, just stood right out. Well, because, you know, Brit- Britain does things the way that they do. So, yeah. So, uh, again, maybe maybe include link in description, random description. But it is, uh, it is a double-decker stereotype uh london bus so uh the the more the more famous one is uh what they call the root master which is like weird or like derivative of a uh, aircraft fuselage and all that stuff they look kind of the same but uh the the, the regent was like the, the the more prolific one but yeah, so it's a it's twenty six it's twenty six feet long. It's two stories, twenty six <laughs> feet long. You're like you're so, sure that a wind is going to take it over. So first of all, where did you find these pictures? So this was actually from uh, 
So there, I actually found the bus on Craigslist. Oh my god! You did so you found this bus on Craigslist? What was it listed at? Uh, it is. Um, it is at twenty five hundred dollars. That's pretty affordable. So, I'd uh, say. so this it's antique where the there's roof at this point. Though. Oh. So this antique where there's only two left in the United States, and you said less than a hundred left. No, there's less. There's nine. Oh, there's nine left on the planet. Yes. Okay, is selling for twenty five hundred dollars. Well, that's because it's a total. It's a total basket case, but. Um. Know. So where is it located? Um, in New York. The thing's in New York? So, Close by New York? Because I was it's, looking it's, at the it's, pictures. It's, it's west of here. I was looking at the pictures, and I'm like, that thing, that thing, could, Gunner could have been at a junkyard because the weather's been nice. There was, like, long grass. That's, I'm, I waiting, like, I'm waiting for the guy to get back because, like— I, You I, actually reached out to the seller? Yeah, I'm dumb. I gotta go. I got to go take a road trip out here. I mean, is this going to—are you just going to flip this thing? Are you going to buy it and then oh, resell no, it? Oh, no, 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 no. This is, like I said, full. if this, if this, if this is, goes down, it's full crack Santa— roaming fortress the mobile command center yes gunner and this I, I don't mean this to be an insult to you but i picture you i picture it barely running and you driving it with the roof still missing yes okay I just no, no, no. Wait, it, is, it does it functions uh no okay not, okay not, i was gonna say no so again it, it's it's so there there's there's major architectural issues so the the biggest problem with it is that um this was not what the, so there was there's two versions of this bus design that they did and there's called the normal one and there's called the the low bridge and the low bridge is one that's the same height as the maximum so they normally are like 14 feet something four inches tall which is about a foot taller than, than the low what bridges. We're, we're, we're allowed to in the United States because it's 13, you know, as a person who's tried to figure out how to do a two-story trailer on multiple occasions, I'm Except familiar with Except Old Liverpool Road was just like 10 foot two or something like that. Well, that's why you got to find a route. So, um, yeah, I, I guess where, where this is going is that, yeah, so to, to get it, when they when they towed it, to get it to clear the traffic lights, they just cut the top of the, <laughs> they cut the top. Oh the my top, God. Top on it. <laughs> Holy shit. And they have lost that panel since then. Um, but yeah, so just to, yeah, it, so it's eight. It's eight and a half tons. So it's just rotting now because it's just being well, exposed no, it's to the it's, New it's York al- elements. It's aluminum and steel and all that stuff. So it's, it's no. Fine. I mean, like the inside of it. Instead of having a roof for the last how many years? Well, no, the drive the, the 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 top deck. The top deck. I mean, like the seats are probably clapped out, but you have to reupholster them anyways. It, it it's more. We're, you know, like the, the, the driver's compartment and the engine. So. I'm not even talking about the upholstery. I'm just talking about like the general like New York rot I, that occurs. I, well, no, I think, I think I, you know, again, there, there is that. <coughs> but I think that you, you, again, like the level of dumbness this whole project entails, I mm-hmm. don't think you appreciate. Like there is a whole roof on top. Mm-hmm. That were all the like important bits are, and then there was another roof that was the secondary passenger compartment up on top. Oh, so secondary- when you say the roof has been removed, it's it's the upper roof. There's the still deck. a roof. Yes. So okay. I brought a picture up for so that we can reference this. So that is a full. The, yes. So the problem it is, looks is like that it's that's got the, the roof. Full, no, that the roof is gone now. Oh. Okay. So I see what you're saying. So this was before they, this was before they had to relocate man, this is it. Such a strange vehicle. Where did they relocate it from? Um, I actually, I'm trying to get some more history on it. I'm thinking it was actually like, uh, 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 like somebody bought it with the intention of doing like a booze cruise or something like that with it. Like, because the other thing is, is that a bunch of them made their way to Canada, and um, because it's on the other side, it's on 
it's on the United States shore side of uh, Lake Ontario. That I'm thinking that it maybe it like made its way across here at some point on a ferry or something like that. But yeah, it's just. Now, can you Google Maps that thing back? Like, is there a way to to get? I mean, of course, not only is it too tall, it's on a trailer, right? So it's even no, higher up in the air when you're when you're transporting it. Which is why the bus had to get the roof cut off. Yeah. So this thing cost twenty five hundred dollars. How much would it cost to transport That's it? Like what, well, no, a couple see, like, hundred to, miles to, to your go, home. I have to go do a road trip. Mm-hmm. Figure out how. Figure out if it's like still within spec for a low boy, and then like figure out what my quote for a tow is going to be. Because I have a tr- yeah. None of none of the rigs at the house are are up to moving eight and a half tons. <laughs> eight and a half tons that bus weighs. Yes. Wow. Even without the roof. Yes. Well, you know, it might be a little lighter now. Well, because part of like, me wants you to buy this, but but most of me wants you to stay the fuck away from yeah. this. Oh boss. yes, it's a terrible, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Like it's not good. No, it's it, again, it, it's really it's really a question of going out and inspecting and seeing. Like, well, because again, it's so doesn't have paperwork, you know. But it's an old commercial vehicle. Um, it's doesn't all British have paperwork. Parts. Doesn't you, you know? But I mean, like, yeah, that's that's not that's not a total show. Do you need a and, you don't need a roof to to put it on the road, right? I mean, just like call it a convertible. There's, tor- there's no, there's there's, there's buses <laughs> that's like the that. gyrocopter no, port, com- man. The, 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 no, it's got fenders, passenger compartments, and clothes. Just because it has another one on the top of it, I, you, I mean, I can't drive with more than eight people in it. You, and, you and live in time. New York State. Well, no, I mean, like, Guinea took a Sawzall. Our friend Guinea took a Sawzall to his, that's his last name. Um, he took a Sawzall to his uh, his Kia and turned it into a convertible this past summer. Did he really? Yeah, he just he just cut the roof off. Wow. Yeah, I think now he had to put, that, like, masking tape on, on the metal people, so he wouldn't get cut. Now that I said it's on Craigslist, if anybody's really motivated, they'll find, they'll, they'll find the listing. But, um... Because it actually says London bus. But, that, you know, and again, I mean, it, it, it's... It's it's a whole bag of like WTF because they're all British parts. It's all British yeah. fasteners. Like I don't know if you yeah. Fun fact, kids. So there's standard SAE and mm-hmm. metric, mm-hmm. and the British companies had their own gauge of fastener. Okay, and you need your own so tools you need, to so use you need, it. Too. You need to custom order a lot of your bolts. Well, there's a company in Maryland that like. Does the, basically is the distributor? What is it? Just the the like the the actual gauge of the bolt and the thread pitch the pit, is off. The pitch the gauge yeah. the tools themselves because you actually don't have like you can't. It, it, there's no. It's not like a ten millimeter socket. Right. Like they have their own. You need your own set of wrenches and sockets to to work on their their fastener scheme. And the hex keys aren't like standard either. I mean, at twenty five hundred dollars, this guy is basically giving it away. Well, yeah, it'd be a very nice chicken coop. With would that cost almost as much to move it? But, <laughs> but you know, and again, if you throw away the engine and the transmission and the rear end, well, because it's yeah. So because the other thing is, is that it can't travel at highway speeds the way it's geared right now. So that that's its own like separate thing. And I don't know if you've ever seen a bus. I like how that's your concern. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, I mean, like it can't travel at highway speeds because you I mean, know my, maybe it doesn't roll. My father breaks. has a lot of antiques, and none of them can travel at highway speeds. Well, no, see, but like but they the, max out at like fifty miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, but the, okay, so but if this was to be converted into the the Johnny Appleseed 
post-apocalypse recovery mm-hmm. van. Mm-hmm. Then, then, all, then, then all of the cars would be decommissioned except for that one bus that's still running. Yeah, the other thing, too, is you would use up all of the fuel in New York in one week. No, I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you'd be yeah. like, shit, there's no diesel station. And then you just empty the next diesel tank that you find. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it gets maybe two, 230-something miles per tank. So it's diesel, so it gets slightly better mileage than a, than a gasoline vehicle. Is it turbo? Slightly, is this, no, 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 no. Um, so it's a non-turbo diesel. So it and is, how many yes, miles to a gallon is, would you is, say this bus it, gets? Maybe nine. That's pretty good. Considering it's eight and a half tons. And, That's pretty good for moving eight and a half tons. That's actually pretty good. You know, I like, expected it. I was actually talking to my wife about this because, you know, that's what I have to talk about in, in my, my late my, 30s. My, is, my fucking nonsense. Is, is the, the miles per gallon that a hypothetical bus that we don't even know that it exists at that time. Yes. Or if you've physically seen it, now we know that the pictures are uh, are from before the top was yeah, chopped before off. They cut the top of the V. This is concerning. Let's, 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 and I was guessing see. two miles to the gallon. That's what I was guessing. Did he, uh, did he get back to me? Maybe I'm going to follow up again on that. But yeah, because they were supposed to get back to me. But he just, he just, just It would be funny if he just responded with the laugh emojis. You're like, hey, you know, is this still for sale? And he just replies with laugh emojis. You know, if you do get that, you're going to get a phone call from someone. Who? Uh, hey, hey, Gunnar. Hey, uh, oh, El. I saw, I saw so, he posted yeah. something on Facebook. I, I, uh, I, uh, I have a place I to lost, keep it. I lost, I lost, I lost, my, I lost my phone number, so and I had to get a new one. So you should, I, you I, should my, totally my buy that drop. thing and resell it. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make a tiny house out of. So I knew it. Is, I fucking knew it. I was about to I say it. I was waiting for it. I, I didn't want waiting. I didn't for want it. to insult you, Gunner. I didn't <laughs> want to insult you and say that you would rather live in a dilapidated, roofless bus than you would inside the house that you already bought for yourself. Well, no, the, no, the, because <laughs> it's part. Knew it's, it. it's part. It's part of a grander scheme of. Uh, so I'm building. I'm building a complex called the Y Rise. What the fuck? What's a Y rise? W H Y W H Y is then why the oh. fuck did you do this? Okay. Okay. No, I, I, no. I, again, is it because uh, the thing is eight tons? So you can is it eight tons? You said. Yeah. Holy fuck! So is it because <laughs> this thing's eight tons? It actually weighs more than your tiny house. Is that why? Well, I mean that that's it. I mean like really uh, again. Doesn't this it? Is, this is How this much is does completely, your tiny house weigh? This is this is uh, no my my tiny house doesn't weigh. I'd be surprised if it's maybe even a ton and a half. Yeah. So you could just put your tiny house on top of the bus. It's true. Well, actually, you no, already or, have or to you, worry about the low tra- bridges, or you put your, or you put the tiny house on a trailer towed behind the bus. So again, it's like there's the fucking Thoreau style wooden cottage. Behind or hell, the- for that weight distribution, why not? Why not take the? Why not take the nine point six liter diesel motor out of the bus? Put it in the tiny house. Build your own wheels and axles because the ones on the bus are shit anyway. And now you have all of that well, thrust. For a really, really all that torque for a really, really small weight, which is your home. So yeah, I, I <laughs> just I put just, a metal I cage just, on the bottom of the home. You know, so for a person who yeah, and I gotta say, I, I'm sorry, like I, 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 as I, as I have not physically poked at holes in it yet or anything like that, and they, you know, again, like I gotta see if they're gonna get a hold of me. Is it not better to just power your home? Well, actually, no, because what, what just what, drive it around. What what would what would most likely happen? And actually, this is what they did. This is what they did in England too, because uh, uh, that uh, I'm probably going to swap a Cummins and mm-hmm. uh, a, a more modern. By good, Cummins, you're talking about a Cummins diesel motor. Yes, you would swap inside the bus. 
Yeah, so you know, I mean, like, because you know, yeah, so nine liters of ma- an amazing one hundred and twenty horsepower, nine point six liters right now, an amazing one hundred and ten horsepower. Holy shit! It's only one hundred and ten horse. Yes. Holy fuck! Redline is eighteen hundred RPM. I just so I, so. What you're I, telling me is this this <laughs> frick, how many how many cylinders is that? Nine point six liters. It's a six cylinder. Okay, so most vehicles now are four cylinders. And and are cranking out the same horsepower well, as it, that bus because it's it's also like because you know commercial vehicles have it, it, again it, it, you, you got to think you got to think of this as a commercial vehicle versus uh, uh um no wonder you're worried about pump. highway speeds 110 horsepower well, I mean like because they they switched like, the gearings out and they I mean like they did make ones that like they it's used like taking them as coach an RC buses. motor out and putting it in like a go kart like that is that's way too small amount of horsepower <laughs> for that much weight. So, so the Cummins diesel that you would be transplanting into this hypothetical bus purchase, <laughs> it would be a it would be a turbo diesel, right? Yeah, the Cummings. All right. Sorry. So yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, it's you like you need to get your own bell housing to bolt it up to the drivetrain, right? Well, it, that's that's assuming that you're going to keep the four speed selectomatic transmission. That's so you're going to have to change the transmission as well. well yeah, you know, and again, it's like so. I bought twenty five hundred dollars here. I pulled most of the guts out of yeah. the box. I feel like you're just going to buy twenty five hundred dollars of metal. So I, it's I, not worth twenty five. So I'll rewind and say, yeah. wouldn't it be more cost effective to just put a motor and transmission on your tiny home? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> why not buy a dump truck and like fashion a, 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 and well, actually lock the, it down no, and just fashion the a, um, the alt the the the, def, the defined ultimate zombie expedition vehicle has always been the garbage truck. Okay, uh, you know, preferably one that is not full of garbage juice. <laughs> But uh, you know, because it's already it's already got the thick it's already got the the walled armored effectively the armored plate on the uh, the cargo compartment as long as you pull the compactor out and stuff like that. But uh, no, I again it's the it depends on if the AEC is even like salvageable because like you 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 can build them up, um, like. It's it's got the oomph to actually like be. Like a driving, you know, like a, how'd you put it? Like, it's not underpowered. I mean, like it's got the torque and everything like that because it's it, it's a tractor. Tra- it, effectively, it's it, 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 effectively it's like buying a tractor trailer. But at 110 horse, it sounds like a bulldozer. Well, I, yeah, they they have they have they have a they have a, they have a, they have a song. I mean, it sounds like action. you're moving tons and tons of weight at like three miles an hour. Well, yeah, I mean, I not. feel like the tuba would be playing. Like if there was a montage of it, well, and again, it's it's the the the, the, the pre- you know, windows are just falling out of it. <laughs> Like the full windows. The theme from Godzilla from the earlier was Now, when you say crack Santa, all I can think of, right, and this almost brings it full circle to uh, to well, gyrocopters taking off the top deck. To, yeah, yeah, to video games is I think of that boss in Fortnite that drops everybody off when yes. the game starts. <laughs> How many? How many gyrocopters would you need attached to the top of that thing to oh, lift eight tons? Oh, like 20. Yeah, Ackerman's like eight. It's like, I don't know, 20, 35, somewhere in there. What about your small drones that you're developing? No, that, no I mean, like, this is full-size, like, heavy. Yeah, eight and a half tons is not a trivial flying machine. <laughs> <laughs> do, the, do, the, do the tires on this thing still hold air? I have no idea. 
I mean, like I, I've never. Oh, this is, this is, this I've is, never winched. This is, I've this never is, winched eight tons of non-movable vehicle. This is what, onto I, I the need back to, of a car I, before. This is this, why I need to go take a trip out to uh, the 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 shore of Lake Ontario to go take a look at what the fuck's going on with this. Yeah, thing. I think, or he could send you pictures. But I mean, winching eight tons of vehicle. Yep. Without moving wheels, right? I mean, no, you make, if you, you wanted to move this to New York, you would have to have a jack. Well, it's in, it you, is in New York. I'm sorry. If you want to move this to central New York, where we are, you would need a jack capable of lifting the corner of an eight-ton bus just so that you can free the wheels so that they spin properly. <laughs> and then you'd need to find ways to inflate the tires. How do you inflate tires on a on a British-made bus? Oh, like it's it's it's, it's you'd have to a, get the rim and bring it to like a shop a and be like, can you find something to fit on this? And right, I mean, isn't that what we're talking about? Well, wouldn't, I mean, you, uh, wouldn't it take you weeks just to get the thing with inflated tires? Um, that's definitely a possibility. And then, what do you what do you how do you pull that up? I mean, would you? Go to like the people that haul around like uh, like backhoes and stuff. You'd have yes. You'd have, be to, like, you'd have to get what they call a low boy, which is a which is an equipment trailer. Okay, and that's that's a trailer that's specifically designed really really low to the ground <laughs> yes. so that you can have this monstrosity on top of the trailer. Yes. What if you had to cut another layer off of the roof? Would you just abandon the operation? You're like twelve hundred dollars into tires at this point. Would you just abandon the operation and well, say leave which, it there which, with which, my which, tires? Which, 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 die with new tires. <laughs> well, no, you see, because again, it's 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 you gotta you gotta go out with a tape measure and stuff like that. But yeah, it, listen, you guys are you guys have to be responsible adults, and not that I I don't have to be responsible adults, but I have I have been pushed out of the 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 the, the sure track to normal society. So like. I'm I'm all in at this point. Once once I was working on a car and in order in order to lift the front end of the car without going into like without like 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 relocating it all it was up on ramps. We actually we actually took air out of the back tires mm-hmm. which allowed it to roll back just a little bit further onto the ramps, right? Would you do the same trick with the low boy? Would you like let the air out of the tires on the trailer? So that it's just a couple inches lower. That might be a. And now you're driving on the highway at like 23 miles an hour. Oh Jesus! With this bus on the back. Oh no! no, You wouldn't get you wouldn't get a tow truck. And then with the eight tons, your tires would be blowing out about every two or three hundred miles. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're you're talking like that. It's like I thought when you said lowering the lowering the. I I thought you were like letting the air out of the bus tires. What if you flat towed it? What if you just threw a chain on it? Oh, that's great. So it's been sitting in a fucking lot for how many goddamn... I would imagine the groans and screams from um, like the chassis. You imagine you trying to push push a manual brake on an eight-ton vehicle? You can't flat tow an eight-and-a-half-ton trailer <laughs> with, no park, with no brakes on it. No, not legally, but let's just talk about how fun it would be. Like when you start going up the hill and the oh, eight God, tons actually starts pulling you backwards. <laughs> I think we should do it with your Honda Civic. That's uh, the Honda Civic is barely. Going <laughs> did you <laughs> did you see the uh, did you see the 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 trucks that are bullying the Tesla owners? Have you yes. guys seen that news? Did you what's see that? the truck? Did you see the Teslas that are bullying truck owners? Yes. Well, it was a simulation, but yeah. So what's happening is the um, some of these these parking lots have the the uh, what do they call those charging stations? 
Superchargers. Supercharged stations. And uh, the Tesla owners get to park there because they can also charge there. But they're also closer to the building. So what's happening is people are getting disgruntled with the Tesla owners. And they're parking like these huge trucks. They're just lining up side by side all in the supercharged stations so that the Teslas can't charge while they're at work. Why? I think it's just like a macho thing. Like, hey, get your snobby, you know, energy efficient car out of here. I don't oh. really get it. But one of the guys simulated it. And he, these Teslas, these, uh, the drivetrains and, and the Teslas and the motors are so strong that they can actually pull the truck with its emergency brake on. Wow, really? And they, yeah, and they simulated the Tesla pulling one of these trucks out. Do you think that a Tesla could pull this eight ton bus? No. Gunner, do we need to buy a Tesla for this? Well, no, no. I take that back because they have actually had Teslas like do the whole like pull tractor trailers out of the, you know, like an actual full Mm -hmm. tractor trailer. How much does a full tractor trailer weigh? More than the eight and a half tons. How much though? Like 20? I probably like 12, 14. So I think we need to buy a Tesla, Gunner. I think your next purchase to get this bus is to get a Tesla. Well, actually that or you go all in and convert the the sketchy... uh, murder london bus into an electric vehicle so it's got like four warp 13 just turn it into a tesla 13 high voltage uh electric motors in it 80 tons of tractor trailer weighs okay 80 tons what did i guess oh, i'm sorry 40 tons uh 40 tons? 80, 000 pounds. 80, 000 80 oh, okay 40 tons yeah that's actually <clears throat> way more than eight tons yeah um i'm gonna switch topics Earlier, you were talking about punching clouds, and I had no idea what you were talking about. What were you talking about? Old men punching clouds. Well, I don't know. So, and again, uh, I think we're talking. So, Louis C.K. had his comeback set Mm -hmm. the other night. and uh, By comeback set, you mean like he finally did a stand-up since he was accused of all of these things? Well, uh, accused accused implies that he didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, he actually, Louis C.K. is one of the ones that admitted to doing all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so after he admitted to, to doing after these- he was essentially publicly smeared with with you know you could say what it is what it is I mean, he admitted like, to doing uh, all this again shit. You, it, and the <clears> thing is is that his fall it, from public grace his, if you will his, mm-hmm. one of one of the most recurring things bits in his comedy is him being a creep and it's like uh, are you surprised he's a creep. So um he did a he did a set and like amongst many other things uh it was uh going off on um kids not rebelling anymore like and uh you know like just I'm not going to call you know like kind of dumb stuff cuz it was like uh what do you mean by kids not rebel cuz I didn't well, see the, the set So the the gist of it was is that he's he was talking about PC culture. Sure. Mm-hmm. And like his thing about um his thing I guess his thing was like and as Wade's pulling stuff up was that like you know like why aren't kids like fucking finger ba- like you know why aren't guys like young men talking about like finger banging a girl or jello shots and shit mm-hmm. like just how like how we've changed as a culture sure and um you know some of it was uh just like how you can't call people he or she anymore mm-hmm. you know but but and again it, where i guess the thing was is that um i actually i i do not claim to ha- have originated this take i just thought it was like a fucking you know it's a fucking kind of hit me moment mm-hmm. but 
we have a lot of these conversations going on, and it goes back to a guy who used to be on Opie and Anthony by the name of uh, Patrice O'Neill. And he was having this conversation about um, how just like he he felt out of it, and it was because he was in a toy store with his girl's uh, little boy, or his girlfriend's little boy, and they were going through the sh- their shop and stuff, and like he saw a picture of an Easy Bake oven, and there was a boy on it, and mm-hmm. like he just couldn't fucking understand how this shit went down, and because this was like when he was a kid, this was something that would have got you fucking the, the you know on an unending stream of shit. But it's like you know you look you look at all this stuff because like there's a bunch of um there's a bunch of uh, comics like Joe Rogan had one a, spe- a special he just did called Triggered. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like there's like four or five people who have these specials that have the same name mm-hmm. triggered. But it, it, I guess the thing was is that they kind of because Joe Rogan's talked about this too. Like people don't fucking re- like where's the kid? Why are kids rebelling? And the way it got the way the way the one take that kind of got me fucking like focused on this was the idea that effectively the people who are talking about this, you know, what kids are rebelling against those guys. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't, you know, like, again, it's the, the thing you like effectively, effectively, the, the, the distinguishing characteristic that when you were that fuck you are fucking old is when you like, I don't understand what these kids are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you when you've because effectively you've already removed your you've removed yourself from it. You're saying that they're they're the problem. And so it's interesting because I've I've watched every single Louis C.K. Um Stand up that that I've had an opportunity to, yep. <clears throat> including even his little side thing that he did. Where the, the, was it? The, was it the, the five dollars streaming thing or something like that? Yes. Yep. And it was it was pay per episode, and each yep. episode had its own price, which was really weird. It's because he knew some of the episodes sucked, I guess. Um, uh, that was called Horace and Pete, and that was about um, he like inherited this bar and it was like largely um largely unsuccessful oh, yeah, and it yep, was yep, very yep. sad it actually had Edie falco in it for, um she was the, the mom from the sopranos yeah and uh yeah it, it it had a really really it had, it had a great cast but um i've watched everything that i could from him i really like him as a stand-up comedian um i haven't seen the most recent one and i want to but what i did see is i saw the joe rogan uh, stand-up that's on Netflix right now. And I actually really enjoyed it. I think that he shouted a little bit too much, but but I really enjoyed it. But I think the what you're saying, Gunnar, is that is that Joe doesn't understand that he is the one that they're rebelling against, but I think he does. Do, I do, think he absolutely does. You know, Lou, I haven't seen the Louis C.K. one, but like one thing that I really like about Joe, and I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, and since they're three-hour episodes... And they're weekly. I can't listen to yeah. each one. I'm sure we have yep. people that listen to ours and have the same. They they struggle with the same problem. But what I really like about Joe Rogan is he is a very balanced guy. Like he is, um, he lives in California. He is he has very progressive thoughts, but he has a very conservative style of life. Yeah, right? he's from he's from Boston originally. He's from Boston, so right. he's like he's from the Northeast, which is a yeah. little more uptight, a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know. And so I see both sides. Uh, it, yeah, he sees both sides. I love his perspective. He jumps into some of the conspiracy theories, um, but he seems he seems open minded and progressive enough. In at least in his podcast, his stand up, yeah. he has to come off a little bit more macho, and I get yeah. that. That's just well, it's it's a stick. Yeah, people are people are drinking alcohol, sitting down watching a comedy show, and he's just trying to get them to laugh, right? Because he has to keep feeding them and feeding them and feeding them content. Um, 
it's interesting to me because he's always kind of stayed neutral. It's interesting to me to for you to say that Louis C.K. is pulling that card because Louis C.K. in a lot of ways could be perceived as the, uh, you know, he, the threat by a lot of people. But I don't see him that way. I see him more as like this weak, um, this weak guy that exposes his insecurities through really, really rash jokes. That's how I perceive Louis C.K. You know, and, and I guess the thing is, is that um, I'm kind of bummed, and we'll see, we'll see if that that sticks too. Because you know, I mean, besides the whole, not the trivi- not to trivialize the the fucking jerk off thing, but uh, Louis would not be the first comic that went down this road of I'm gonna you know I'm gonna my 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 recovery routine is that I just become deliberately right like contrary and inflammatory you know like sure the the Trump the the Trump you know politics the Trump like I'm gonna build a wall you know mm-hmm. because you're you're focused te- you're focused testing what gets a pop from the audience right right and I can see that um and then it kind of it becomes this self-enforcing cycle because the more people, you know, like the the, the you, people will come to get the pop moment. Because he's always been vile, right? Oh yeah, I it, mean no, Louis C.K. has always been vile. That whole that whole because and again, but I don't the, know if like, I don't know if you ever listened to old Opie and Anthony. Because uh, no, the, because Louis Louis was Louis and uh, uh, Louis Black, mm-hmm. and that whole like count, you know, like their thing was. Dysfunction and like shock jockery aside, like Opie and Anthony kind of were the archetypes of which the po- the whole po- like it was a podcast on the radio because there was just like this whole fucking nobody's really running the ship kind of thing. We go off on this thing and like you just have people fucking walk in, like you'd have comics just walk in, and that was the show. Like they're like maybe they have a topic that came in, but like you know fucking Louis C.K. just kind of wanders in and it's like, hey, let's talk, let's talk a couple hours. And I can see why you'd say that because my probably the laughest, the laughest, the hardest I've laughed um, at a Louis C.K. Um, stand up was the one where he manages to close out using the N word. Um, he uses a derogatory <laughs> term for gays. He uses the word faggot. And he uses um, the uh, the c word. Yep. Um, that women really, really, really don't like. And he managed to get those three words and close out his entire his entire routine with it. But he built up to them, right? Yeah. And and I can see what you're saying because if you, I, I can see both sides of the fence. I think that it's important to desensitize some of these words so that they do come off less harsh in our daily lives. But I also can understand the perspective of people that say, "Hey, it's not funny. You, you're you're pretty much winning me over with with fart and dick jokes, and it's not actually intelligent humor. It's you, shock humor." Do you remember? Do you remember? Um, right after, um, Dave Chappelle like bailed on the last season of the the, the last season of the Chappelle Show, mm-hmm. and he came back and he did that interview with Oprah, and he was talking about like he got to the point where he he, he like. He was thinking that people were laughing at him instead of with him. Yeah, he said he was walking down the street and some like like six-year-old kid says, like, I'm Rick James, bitch. And he said that to him across the street. I think that was the one. Um, and he's just like, holy shit, like everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows my name and everybody's repeating what I'm saying. And uh, 
I mean, that's a crazy, crazy step into fame. But but finish your point. Yes, I do remember that. Well, no, because one of the things he talked about was like um, he, you know, like one of the one of the quintessential themes of the 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 Chappelle show mm-hmm. was just the whole like race and its relation sure. with with perception of reality. Sure, and he he said, you know, like he he talked about one of the again. A lot of stress, and you get Comedy Central being fucking weird about how they were negotiating rights and stuff like that. He got to a point where he said that he felt like he was doing what amounted to a minstrel show. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, and like you know, like he 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 was trying to, you know, you talk about you talk about the Louis C.K. bit, the Louis C.K. the Louis C.K. Louis C.K. bit where he's like, you know, he's building up to this thing. And it's like, it's one thing to say these things, but it's like in the objective of like disassembling reality, you know? I think what you're saying is that at some point, instead of writing original content, you feed people what they're expecting. And and now you've almost created like your own stereotype of yourself. Is that what you're saying? Because I remember this happening to Adam Sandler as an actor where he was, he was a good actor, but everybody wanted to see Adam Sandler in this this role and when he came out with a serious movie nobody showed up to the theaters so is that kind of what you're describing no so so okay and i so there's a there was a and i keep going back to this there was a documentary series on the nature of comedy that was done a while back on um bbc okay um and they're having an interview with um john cleese mm-hmm. the guy faulty towers all that you know you know who john cleese is right no okay that's okay, but keep going. All right, so but he, so they had an interview he, with this guy. So he was t- he was discussing it, and he's like basically the um, it's just the nature of what comedy is, and it's this idea. He he was describing it as that at its root, comedy is kind of this idea of a betrayal of social propriety. You know, like it's this idea that you like you're going one way, and all of a sudden you fucking derail it, and laughter is like effectively a, 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 like almost a, an ingrained psychosomatic response to you fucking surprise you know like you, it, it's kind of like how somebody sc- how many screams when you scare them mm-hmm. laughter is like you've betrayed how you somebody was building a model of like how like a, a social situation was supposed to unfold sure so when we you know like when Chappelle's kind of talking about this idea that um people started laughing at him instead of with him mm-hmm it was because he would drop the n-word or something like that and it, instead of like you know that's fucked up it is like oh you know like instead of like him talking about this stuff and it's like yeah you know actually that is pretty fucked up you know and you just kind of like having a moment of reflection it's like oh that's silly boy yeah those silly you know those silly n-words and it was like it was it was this kind of go, you know, and again, as a person who does not suffer that particular brand of social difficulty, I, I couch I couch this a lot because you know it's it's not an experience I've directly had, at least on the race side. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Mexicans do it right; they make fun of their own. But it, it, it again, um, they make fun of their own culture, or they make fun of their own stereotypes. Um, it, everybody does it right. I mean, there's Jewish there's Jewish uh, comedians that are allowed to make fun of their own. Um, their own culture simply because it's not seen as an attack but when they're you know, making light of themselves but 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 if it's if it's used as an excuse 
by people who are attacking you. And I'm, I'm saying like, you know, it's, it's, it's effectively, it's one thing, it's, it's the same reason like why they talk about like how like, um, in African American culture, like you can call each other and, you know, you can call you, yo ma, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you can drop that, mm-hmm. but it is not okay for a Caucasian mm-hmm. or a not, you know, not non power, non same level power structure person to drop that phrase. Right. And, you know, like, I know I'm being fucking politically correct here, but it's because I, I, I kind I, I think I get where that comes from. Okay. And it's, it's just, but again, it's this, it's this idea that, um, well, I get where it comes from too. I mean, it's, it's anytime you're describing yourself, you're allowed to use more derogatory terms, right? Like if, if a woman was sitting at this, this table right now, right? And she said that she said that um, every time a man hears a sexy voice, he gets a boner. We might take offense to that. But if we said it, oh, all it takes is a sexy voice and I have a boner. It doesn't matter what she looks like. It's funny. And it's funny because it's partially true. But as long as you're not the person that's being attacked, it doesn't. If, if you're attacking yourself, right, if it's self-mutilation, that's really like comedy, right? Comedy is self-mutilation. I remember uh, Louis C.K., and I, I talk about this with uh, one of my mutil- brothers mutil- all the time. He described, and this is disgusting, so I apologize in advance. He described the older that he gets, he says that his, his ass is like a bag of leaves that was left on the side of the house and it wasn't tied properly. And that the older he gets, the more leaves fall out. And it's disgusting. And he's just talking about the bathroom experience and how how he just can't control he just can't control the leaves falling out. But it's a self mutilation, right? You see him as this celebrity. You see him as this 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 guy this man that has that has both wealth and power. And what he does is he kind of mutilates himself in front of the audience. And he's allowed he's allowed because he he fits certain stereotypes. He's allowed to attack the stereotypes that he falls into. Um, where he's a little bit different is he was able to step outside of some of those stereotypes. <clears throat> He did so with, with you know, five-minute disclaimers that he's going to use the N-word or five-minute disclaimers that he's going to use uh, the C-word or, you know, five-minute five disclaimers that he's going to use derogatory a word about gays. He, he builds up to those, and he could almost be perceived as a monster for using those in the punchline because he doesn't necessarily fall into those three categories. So he's a bit of an exception there because he was able to make those punchlines as his stand-up, and he was not ostracized for it. But I'd say for the vast majority of these musicians, just go after themselves, right? The reason that, that Joe Rogan can get up and talk about how everybody should be big and macho is because he's perceived as this big macho guy. In reality, he's not. In reality, he's a strong guy, but he's a very, he comes off as a very well thought, sensitive man, a man that thinks a lot about the cosmos, that thinks a lot about, about like these, uh, what are those submersion tanks? Um, sensory deprivation. Sensory, de- uh, sensory deprivation tanks yeah. and LSD and DMT and all of these drugs. The 50-foot alien composed entirely electric, of electricity telling you relax and don't succumb to awe. What the fuck? motherfucker what the fuck am i supposed to do so so and and i want to put this back to you because this is your topic when when you talk about the old the old men punching the clouds is that your way of of saying metaphorically that that they're up there complaining about what they've created is that what you were saying well but even that it's it's that 
it's this it's this idea of I know maybe maybe the, I don't know I don't think we're all doomed I don't think we're all doomed to become to, to curse the younger generation mm-hmm. but it's it's like kind of this cognitive exercise it's, that's it's, what you're it's, saying it's, it's 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 the equivalent of like if you can't if you can't find if you can't pick out the asshole in the room within 30 minutes mm-hmm. you're probably the asshole right and it's just this idea of like if you can't if you don't understand what people are like rebelling mm-hmm. against um maybe it's you maybe it's you yeah no and i and i get that but but to me this is a very good analogy like you know like like when we're here talking about like like the nintendo switch and and you start to focus on like like the legacy stuff right and not having your games and not having an online presence like to me i'm like well i just i just went to the store with with three children under the age of 10 and they went straight to the nintendo section now of course that's very anecdotal evidence of the success of this console would be better to look at the large sampling which the large sampling says it's successful as well um but to me like i i think that the reason that these comedians are so successful is because a five-year-old doesn't buy a ticket right so when they're sitting complaining about the next generation of children they're complaining about it to the very adults that are trying to raise those children, or they have to they have to babysit their niece, or or whatever. Or they they might have them in, in class, and they're a school teacher, who they're, the audience that they're speaking to, is is just as disconnected from them as they are, which is why it resonates. Comedy happens to be something where you really start seeing comedy once you hit the age of eighteen, right? And the older that you get, I mean, there's. There's more. There's a larger group of people that are alive between the age of thirty and I don't know seventy than there are between the age of eighteen and thirty. So you have this huge pool of people, and your your content is going to be chosen based on what they will react to. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's exactly what you're saying. Well, it's funny that you phrase it like that because then this effectively says, okay, then. Because that's kind of the argument that I was making. That's kind of the argument that I was making about right. the Switch, you know, legacy library. Again, it's but it's, but the Switch is different because that's for younger audiences. Well, whereas I'm, comedy but, is specifically for here's older an audiences. Interesting, like tie-in here. Is that still for younger audiences? Like, are we still on? Are we still living in these tropes? Because I know there's definitely a bias that like video games are for children. That's a childish thing or whatever. But I know, dude, you play fucking Switch. Like, well, I don't necessarily know if. I think video you, games or for children was created because when they came out, maybe they were t- geared well, towards this, kids, and maybe because also, the older people didn't know how to into, use it. This also gets into fundamentally, uh, 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 you know, one of the things that they've talked about in demography is that at least in the West, with Generation X, and we talked about, I think we talked about this the last podcast, was this idea that effectively, gener- you know, like the 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 millenn- you know, like the early millennials slash end of Generation X. The problem is, is that we never aged out of shit, right? You know, like our, our our hobby, our hobbies, to the most part, are like shit that are fucking, you know, the boomers the boomers shit on you for. But it's also like the you know, like we talk the millennial, you know, like. Get, get out of the, get off our yard, old man, or get get off our corner, old man. But it, it's it's this. There is this there there is this consumer spending block, you know, boring economic shit, where it's like this whole thing where like we have adults that are subsidizing what would have been considered childish 
pursuits. I, I want to contextualize what I'm saying, okay? Okay. The adults are buying the consoles mm-hmm. because the kids don't actually have the money, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's always, the been, adults, always been the way. The adults' decisions are, there's definitely nostalgia involved in the purchase of these consoles. However, the consoles I don't believe to be majorly profitable. I believe that the hardware they're breaking even on. You can't buy a cell phone for 300 bucks with the power of a Nintendo Switch, right? And even if you do buy a cell phone for that price, it doesn't come with controllers, a docking station to plug it into a TV, an HDMI cable that's actually made well. Most HDMI cables are garbage. A a really a, an actual decent USB-C charging adapter. 300 bucks gets you this really nice console, a console that's that's designed to be dropped. It's designed to be handled by children. Um, I don't believe that's where the profits are coming in. I believe where the profits for Nintendo are coming in are the games. And not just Nintendo, but the game manufacturers in general. And I believe that the new game material to be what's driving people to the stores, right? Uh, I... Adults simply don't have as much time to game as children do. The adults are the ones doing the dishes well, and doing well, the laundry, no, but, but and you also making the car payments and it, 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 driving. The kid is in the back riding in the car. Well, you, you, okay, and he so, needs something in his hands. So, so when I say that, I don't mean that that the games don't appeal to adults. They obviously do, and we're part of a generation of adults that do go out and buy stuff. But I would say you and I are more likely to buy a Mario shirt. Than we are to buy the Mario game because the shirt actually has a function in our life where the game we may not even have time to play. Well, but you know, you say that, but again, so then having made that comment, this also is shaping how games are being developed themselves. It's why the fucking, you know, like it's why mobile is such a big thing. Besides the fucking microtransactions and stuff like that. They're breaking, you know, you're not doing Legend right. of Zelda right. fucking long-term persistent yeah. quest. But the thing is, is that all of those games are the biggest fucking selling ones, like mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2 or Grand Theft Auto or freaking, what was the what was the Switch one, the new Legend of Zelda, the big open world? Oh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. I mean, like, you know, these, these are the top sellers. And well, the top sellers... Fucking, the top sellers on, on specific consoles. The top sellers in general. You, you're looking at Candy Crush. Well, because because the adults that do play games want to be able to sit down for a few minutes. Yeah, and well, then move on with their life. Are you buying Candy Crush? Because yes, you get, you get yes, one, because cause the other yes, thing is, is that the, the Candy, Crush, Candy Crush is they ration out they ration out the plays. You can only play so many times per day unless you level up. So with Candy you Crush, you like I, I mean I watched my wife throw money at candy crush we were sitting on the tarmac and she wasn't gonna she she she, there was nothing else she could do she was stuck on the tarmac and she's like well you know what i'm just going to pay so i can play a few more levels in candy crush people do pay money for these things these games do bring in a lot of money but they're completely different types of games right it's a game where you can open it up play it for a second and then stop you can't do that with zelda i mean it's it's a larger investment of time yeah for sure well but also actually technically if the game is designed correctly, i.e. with an online status save or something like that, you know, like you could just basically freeze freeze it at a moment in time and come back to it. You know, you know this gets this gets into like if you're grinding, thing. yeah. Well, no, if you're but, grinding at something, yeah. Well, but even that, it's, but it's it, not going to do you too much good if you're exploring. Well, well, but and so this this is where we get into these things of like 
things have changed. You know, like the fundamental, like you have to design, you have to change the game design to accommodate certain um, playstyles. Like, you know, like um, I'm not sure if Red Dead actually will let you do that or not. Like, I think you, I think you can just you can you can instantaneously. Like, there's no fixed save points. You actually can just whatever wherever you are, stop, come back. Mm-hmm. Actually, they do now the modern consoles. That's why they have suspend. Right, like you, mm-hmm. you don't even have to do a physical save action. It's yeah. just like I go back to the main menu. I can come back, and I'm at the same point in where I left off. It's also, you know, it, it, it's why you watch it, and it's why it's shaping things out like that. So you have multi. You so you either have massive multiplayer experiences, and you know, like the game company, like the big publishers, they're kind of hey, we're going back on games. Um, they shape around microtransactions because they think that that's the reason why people, you know, like you know, you're optimizing these massively multiplayer experiences, and it's like, no, really, there's two there's two types of games that you can do nowadays because of people's schedules, and it's either one where you're gonna sit down and dedicate the time to fucking ruin somebody's day, in a, a, a player versus player environment. Or you have to do something like Red Dead or Breath of the Breath of the Wild, where you're like, I just I can I can come in, and I can back back you know I can I can I can jump in at any time, and just resume where I left off, and I have to make that kind of like an instantaneous experience because it used to be that you had to find save points and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of games still use save points. Well, no, but but, but even that, it's like so. Here here's a fundamental question. That change in technology is that because the save systems have become better, or fundamentally they had to change the design of the games because the audience that they were engaging I'd say in. It's both. Yeah, because you know when I'd we say were it's ki- both. yeah because when we were kids we had time to go fucking you know like we were you're, you're saying that dedicated sit yeah. down time. Yeah, I'd say it's both. Um, I mean, I'm not a game developer, but I do remember the early early games that I played console games. You're talking Atari. There was no saving at all. Yep. Once the saving came in, it was almost a necessity because, like, so Mario 1 almost should have had a save state, right? We could probably yeah, all agree I would, on that. I would absolutely agree. Because it was, a, it was a fairly difficult game with a lot of levels. Nine levels, right. Yeah, and once you get to, to the end, you if you run out of lives, you got to start from the beginning again. So it would be really nice to be able to save and keep working on the last level. Um, it almost gets harder... The, the further levels you get into because it takes so long to get to them you have less of a chance of practicing and you you have less lives when you get to them so you have less of a chance of practicing so it's very difficult to practice those levels now if you can warp there it helps and most of the mario games had warp zones and it's almost like the warp zones were there to apologize right for the lack of save state but no i think save state came out more as a necessity but the other thing is is that if you could save every spot along the way back then it would have actually prevented people from playing the game as much. Well, it would have broken the game because you could you could just it's just it's safe. You, you know could get I mean? all like the way through saved. in one life. Really, That's why it's called a save. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's part of it is like well you're you're safe in this spot. Mm-hmm. Like so like oh if I get killed right a second after that now I know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? Right. Which takes away the challenge essentially. Essentially, a save state in that regard in a game like Mario. It kind of it it was the point of the game. And in Mario, you would just get teleported back to a random spot in the middle of the map. They didn't tell you you made it halfway through the map and that you were saved halfway through. Whereas with like Sonic, it would do the doodung and the little thing would spin yeah. around and you would know you hit like a checkpoint. Checkpoint, right? Well, yeah. So um, I think that the save states of actually came out as a necessity for games. Um, I think that it allowed the games to be played much longer. 
you could play a game for a month instead of a week, right? And uh, and and I think now that 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 you can save the exact spot that you're in is just a sign of how the games have evolved. Mm-hmm. Some games still make sense to kick you back. You know, I'm playing um, <clears throat> uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine. The, the fifth chapter came out, and I'm playing that with my children. <clears throat> and those checkpoints that you get are critical because it could take you. It it's it's almost like uh, what are the what are the games where you where it like forces you through? You just shoot. Rail shooter. Like rail, sh- on rail, rail shooters, shooter. yeah. Yep. Bendy in some ways operates like a rail shooter. Like there's actually some portions of the game where you're just stuck on a boat waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know it's a 10-minute boat ride. And you don't ever want to go back. So you really hope that you get to that checkpoint. So with Bendy, you the checkpoints actually make sense because they want to force you through that 10-minute wait because it's, it's part of the whole experience of the game um, but they also don't want to make you do it twice once you've re- once you've reached some checkpoint they, right. they don't want to punish overly punish you but to, to save in the exact moment takes away some of that fun takes away some of the uh, uh, you know because that Bendy is Bendy is kind of it's almost in the horror realm because it's like the jump scare type stuff yeah you don't want to keep throwing the same jump scare at somebody over and over and over It's also again. like if you had certain games it just doesn't work with. Like Dark Souls is a great example. Like mm-hmm. Dark Souls is based on it's it's a it's it just beats the shit out of you. The game just beats your ass. If you could just pause and save or save right before a fight, you know, and not have to go through all the enemies before the boss. Right. right. There would be nothing to the game essentially. Right. It would just be a combat a melee combat simulator so gunner i would say that that the technology has definitely made that an option but i would say that also the evolution of the game has made it mandatory for certain style games where you do want to be dropped right where you were you don't want to lose any of your progress because every minute of walking around is considered progress so i guess we're we're in the safe i'm gonna even talk about necessarily the safe state i'm saying how you save period like the, the 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 instant snapshot, like, mm-hmm. I, and maybe this, maybe we are talking the same thing. I'm not. I guess the thing I'm not. It's not the. It's not the, fundamentally. Yeah, you want to be able to save at any time, right? But I'm saying like the nature of how you do those saves now. Mm-hmm. Did they change that specifically because of the audience that they're targeting? Because it used to be like you'd have like a, a fixed, you'd have a fixed number of save right. slots. And I'm you'd saying have to juggle both. it. Well, yeah, okay. And that, okay, so we're, I'm, we're, I'm we're saying I think same. it's yeah. I th- I'm saying I think it's both. I think the technology has improved enough to make it easy enough for the developers to do it. But I'm I think that also that the that the the average game player's mindset has changed enough so that they. Because I think of like what you're talking about, where you save every step, is like the exploring style mm-hmm. games. Right, mm-hmm. you want to save every step because because you could have you could have just knocked a tree down and that tree was the only tree with something inside it. You don't. You, there's no reason to have to do that again. Well, you know, because so, you're exploring a map. So, and I guess where this is coming is that like, so you have very you have very few archetypes that are getting played around with on the triplet, like the big publisher front. You have the massively multiplayer games of you know like either Battlefield or like an MMOG or something like that, mm-hmm. or you have the sandbox games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even 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 Minecraft falls into that kind of thing. You know, like it's 
and there's different there's different <coughs> mechanisms of how you 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 save progress like mm-hmm. you know like a massive multiplayer game it's a rank like you know destiny or something like that it's like how much fucking gear do i have well, I, you I was, know that's that's really how your state's tracked and i was talking so so one thing that that i i, I want to do at some point in my lifetime is to make a successful game and i've been talking to some people about this and of course we're a great audience because we all see games from a different perspective and uh, one of the things I was talking to uh, to wait about was um, that you know how the game consoles are predominantly marketed to a male audience, like boys, right? The, or at least they used to be. Um, it's changed a little bit, but the games are have still really a lot of the games have been marketed to boys. The big titles that we hear about are predominantly male players. And and I talked to Wade about if our if we were to make a game. What would we do? And so what I have done is I have been part of the basic, 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 like side scroller development, just like one that I just made with a coworker. And what I realized was those like those those games where you just run through a map and die. Once you have the game engine done, you have all the different bad guys, you have all the different weapons. You have the different properties, whether this is a moving platform or it's a platform where it's icy and you slide around on it. Once all those things are done, you can build out levels forever and you can build them out fast. You just put platforms and bad guys and you play through them and you can build them out fast. And you know, like you were saying, Gunner, that there's like these these different archetypes. One of the type style of games that I really, really enjoy, and Bendy almost goes into this direction, although they've 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 kind of changed it over the years because it, with each chapter of Bendy, they've redone the previous chapters. Some things were just too difficult to figure out, and people got stuck and would give get, give up the game. But the puzzle style games, and. There was one that I played where, you know, you'd have to like figure out that when you press this thing, a ball comes out and then you feed the ball to a bird and then the bird drops the worm and then you pick up the worm and put it somewhere. Those puzzle style games, I think, are very interesting Um, and you don't see too many of them. Uh, What was a famous puzzle style game? I'm trying to remember. Mist. There was one where you had to move blocks around. Do you remember that? um, Do you mean like... uh... What was oh, that shit. one, Gunner? With Gladys. You had to move blocks around. There was like this huge like earth of blocks. Por- had... Portals? Well, Portals are actually, Portals probably the best example of a puzzle game. Yeah. Right? Portal, what Portal does is it gives you like a rubber band and a, you know, metaphorically, it gives you like a rubber band and like a popsicle stick. And you have to figure out all these different things that you can do with just those items. So Portal's an interesting puzzle game because you only really have you really only have one tool and you have to manipulate that tool to get you through different problems. That is probably a better, that's probably better to create content with, to create levels, right? From a game, from a development perspective, it's going to be cheaper to make levels because you're working with a very small subset of rules. But like some of the more complex games, when, when, you have to think of the worm and the properties of the worm. The worm might only exist in one level. And the problem is, and I know this is a long way to answer to answer the archetype thing, uh, comment, it is tons of research and development from the developers, experimenting with ideas, brainstorming. Um, the, the creative process is a very, very difficult process. So if you can come up with the creative process in the beginning and use that as the... As the uh, as the blueprint for the entire game, it's so much quicker 
to build out levels and to build out content than if each game is its own unique puzzle. And I think that's why you see these archetypes keep coming back over and over and over again. Because once once you build those rules, you can keep creating content and people are going to keep coming back for more. You, you know, and you, you talk about that, like your side scroller. So where I'm, where I'm going with this is that, like, it's also part of, like, why the indie scene has, like, blossomed so prolifically the last right. four or five years is that there are they went back and actually, like... Mm-hmm touched on these, these these genres or these styles that have just been bailed on um yeah they've offered the alternative to well, the two essentially arch- most popular archetypes right now you know i don't know um do you ever play bro force no okay so there is the side scroller and then there's the the kind of the joke the joke they call it the metroidvania style game where a, a metroidvania is effectively it so it's a fixed environment mm-hmm but depending on the equipment that you have at the time, you know, your, your way that you interact with that environment changes dramatically. So you have the same, like you might go through the same level three or four times, but depending on what you have at the time or what your level of your character is, the way that you can navigate through that environment changes or the way, the, the way that you can interact with it changes. And Broforce, besides um, being kind of deliberately silly 8-slash-16-bit graphics or whatever... Um, it is a side-scroller spoof of a Contra game with knockoffs of all action movie main characters. So you have like Robocop, you have a Robocop clone or Rambo clone, mm-hmm. a John McClane, you know, okay. Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's combining Robo-Crop. like pop culture with, with nostalgia. Yeah. Right, you know, and it, but it's also like you know, it's super polished, and it's this, you know, it's that mechanic. But it's also like you, you depending on which character, because the other thing is, is that you, you, your multiple lives, the mechanism is, is that you don't come back as the same character. Oh, okay, you have all the different characters, and you can and switch. Run through with different yes, abilities, but you can also trigger it to switch, and depending on which character you have, you have different ways of navigating that 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 level at any particular time. So you could be trying to do like a run where you're, um, I mean, like again, your ultimate goal is to murder as many people as possible and rescue the you'd rescue the hostages. But depending on which character that you have, but you also you there may be actually strategic. You know, it's one of these things where there are strategic advantages to dying at the right point, and it's like again, it's just a. It, it's not something, you know, it's just a weird concept. Like, I actually want to lose a life right? at this at this particular moment to roll the dice to see if I get another, you know, to get another character. And there's stuff that you can do to kind of, like, weight that engine, too. But it, it, it's, 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 it's a very subtle thing, but it's also not something that you're going to see in a, in a game that's effectively designed around. Yeah, a AAA developer's never going to develop a game like that. They would view it as far too risky because you're, you're bending so much. You're doing a platformer. You're doing a exploration exploration okay. game, mm-hmm. and you're you're essentially you're almost infusing some like RPG elements with the like separate ability sets and stuff like that, right? Like yeah. I mean, I mean it's a, it's 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 a Twitch, but it's a Twitch game, too, right? So it's your but it's a Twitch shooter as well. It's like a lot of stuff going on there, and frankly, I think like, and I don't want to get on this this rabbit hole because we've already gone quite a bit over time but like they i think that the 
it's everyone could pretty much agree the AAA developers dumb games down because well, they they don't think like people have the long enough attention spans yeah, to actually grasp those games. We're, we're gonna so, we're gonna so, run out of time. So the games that I think of, like, have you guys heard of Baldi's Basics? No, no. Baldi's Basics is a very popular game, and it was like intentionally bad graphics. And it's a very strange game where you walk through a school and you have to solve math problems in order to make your way out. But it's, I, I think it would classify almost as like as like one of those jump scare games. But it's, it is, it's it was it's. I mean, when I say intentionally bad, I mean really bad graphics. But it's very popular. A lot of kids play it, um, which means that you know there's going to be merch sold, and it can almost turn into its own enterprise. Um, I think that that's an excellent example of these like indie developers. Uh, another one, of course, which most people have heard of at this point, is Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. If you play the first version of that game, you can tell it's low budget. They haven't even released it for other platforms. It's like a Windows game, and the graphics are terrible. It's it's. I mean, the the drawings are actually good in that game, but there's very very few drawings. You're just a guy in a room with still graphics as these animatronic robots start moving towards you. Um, of course, Bendy and the Ink Machine, I think, is an excellent example of that. Where Meatly Games came up with this concept, where you're just walking through this really really old art studio with these old time cartoons and uh, you know and the cartoons have kind of kind of taken a life of their own. I think that's a good example of where they've kind of changed. I mean, Bendy is almost Doom. If you look at the walkthrough of Doom, I mean, Doom's a lot, a lot more of like the gore and the blood and stuff like and that. And faster paced than Bendy at most times. Um, yeah, I would say Not, I would say there were some like, right. basic puzzles in Doom, but it was vastly a vast majority of it was just shooter. I would like, say that's right, but like I mean, maybe maybe Doom's a bad example. Um, but like 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 Wolfenstein Wolfenstein 3D, right? Where you had to explore to find the bad guys. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. You had to get something in order to finally make it to the end. Bendy is really that same exact concept, and you don't see that anymore. You really don't see that like 3D walkthrough. You know, discover, uh, fix the puzzle, and then finally, finally make your way out. You don't really see it like that basic anymore. It's much bigger now. It's a big world. There's a whole bunch of other players, or it's like an action adventure. Action adventure, and and the game is based on how how like quick you can hit the buttons, and you can figure out how to jump and 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 stuff like that. So I think you're right, Gunner. I think that the indie, the indie developers are really doing it. What's going to be interesting to see is how those indie developers leave the indie market and end up turning into the next epic games yeah i mean that's that's uh well, that's a wait and see type oh, of thing i God. guess we got so much, there's so much stuff here like epic you know epic making their own game store uh all the big fucking publishers except for epic mega games having catastrophic market let's, losses and let's save like, it for next yeah, for next episode for tomorrow. It, that is a that's something that we can talk about literally for an hour Ta- for tomorrow for tomorrow's episode <laughs> you know what's going to happen is we're going to we're going to stop the podcast and then we're going to start talking wade you're going to be like why didn't we keep the microphone running yeah, that's what well, you said I mean, last we want to do a separate episode i guess we could but <laughs> we have run over time thank you everyone for tuning in um we'll be back next week <laughs>